This is Goyfire 58, TNB weak hat stops 40 caliber bullet. New Zimbabwe $100 trillion note is worth 300 bucks. GM bankrupt. Hillary names Posner assistant secretary. Mahler convicted. Bishop Williamson is deported from Argentina. Rocky Mountain News dies. San Francisco Chronicle dies. Adam Carolla podcast popular. Obama picks Genachowski to head FCC. And Clovis Tools discovered in Colorado. Back to our top story tonight. Wig hat stops bullet. Kansas City, Missouri. Police said a woman's tightly woven hair weave saved her life. Police were called called to a Kansas City market at about 11.30 p.m. Wednesday. Arriving officers found the 20-year-old woo man there. She told police she had pulled into the market and saw a man with whom she had recently ended an eight-month relationship. One thing led to another, and, uh... It actually says, and this is typical of these, these local moron uh, reporters, I, and actually it's everywhere. I was reading a thread last night on uh, Jim Goad's uh, site talking about lamenting the decline in, in editing standards, which is now visible everywhere from the New York Times on down. But, uh, this, uh arriving officers found the 20-year-old woman there. She told police she had pulled into the market and talked man with whom she had recently ended an eight-month relation. <laughs> doesn't say relation to him, it just says relation, like she'd been screwing for eight months. Close <laughs> enough. Tired of fucking with the man. She pull up, pulled up that leg and uh, let him hit that. She's a redhead, too. You know, he doesn't come through and, your audio. Anyway, I guess her, her neg- Negro technology uh, saved the day. Yeah, she said she'd put a lot of money into that weave, and she was so glad of it. And, uh, you know, you may remember a few years ago, we did the story about the Jew who ripped off the government for $160 million in uh, bad flight jackets to send to Iraq. Well, imagine if, if, if they can get these two minorities together and have these wig hats, they can use the, the, the uh, hair weave technology for the new flak jackets, improved. Or maybe wrap the buns around Mr. and Mrs. Obama's head as protection. Buns or bony, ponytails, whatever they got. It's an inner city helmet. <laughs> her back windshield was shot out. You know, her back... Uh, yeah, I don't know if... Uh, it's funny, I haven't seen too many pictures of Obama's wife. I don't know if she has uh, that kind of hair weave type stuff going on, but basically any black who has hair below the ear has something unnatural going on because few blacks can grow hair below their ears. It's just the way they're made in order to survive the jungle heat, I guess. <laughs> they need to shed shed degrees so their hair doesn't grow long and, and uh, that has a fact of making them even less attractive uh, in their overall competition with white women and even Asian women. But yeah, th- this and this took place in Kansas City. This, yeah. this is pretty typical nigger stuff. I mean where I am, they will, we actually have, I, I, we have one of the big three affiliates out here and they will show Kansas City News which I never watch but in the one or two times a year I might watch it. It's just standard nigger bullshit. Uh, I think actually some of these cities in, in Kansas and uh, Kansas City and Omaha, Wichita, these actually have some of the worst nigger violence nationwide. It's it's not as well known among people. They they think, you know, oh, it's good white farmers out there on the plains. Yeah, there's some of that out there on the drill true plains, but the big cities that are kind of on the eastern side of the plains, uh, they're all now filled with niggers and Mexican gangbangers who, if you watch the news, it's just story like this after story like this, you know, some asshole robbing someone, leading police on a chase in his SUV and ending up, you know, 
overturned or was someone murdered. Story after story like that. These these anywhere blacks go, they end up destroying when they concentrate in large enough numbers and nobody's allowed to talk about it. So the fact that as we're going to discuss later in the show, newspapers going out of business. Hell, they're not telling you what's going on anyway, so nothing to you worry know, Kansas about. Kansas City's almost divided between Kansas City, Missouri and, and Kansas. And of course, Kansas being the white side shopping center city and then the Missouri side where all the Negroes are. Well, I think you know, this is a new one. <laughs> Kevlar wigs. I mean, that's got to be a bestseller in the years to come. Well, I, I don't know. It seems like through media and through music and whatever, the, the if you ever watch like BET, especially late at night when they have on all their, their dirty hoe type shit, you just see these women. I Maybe they maybe they exist in real life, but blacks have gotten to where they will hair color their hair. They'll put in all these weaves. They'll, they'll tie it all together so they have a huge, huge supernatural rack of, of hair and evidently it's... Yeah, it really is. Yeah, if you know Tina Turner, yeah, exactly. And then they might color it. So you get these gross looking people whose skin is actually darker than their hair and they may have it blonde or they may have it all greased up or they may have all kinds of stuff weaved and fused inside. It's just utterly nasty and ridiculous. But that's Negro how... nuclear fusion. That's what Negroes do. Uh, yeah. Alex, those are the neo-sex symbols I'd have you know. Well, maybe to themselves. They're trying to escape being black, which obviously you'd want to escape that. But, you know, buying hair from someone in India and uh, fusing it to your scalp is, is pretty nasty way to go. Oh, they, they spend all kinds of money on that. How about though. horse they, hair? <laughs> I don't know if they use horse hair. What I understand, it comes from India, but they, uh, one thing for certain, they spend a lot of money on hair. Blacks do. There's always all kinds of stories about that everywhere. Everywhere you look, they're writing about black hair and the weaves, relaxants, and, and chemicals they use to try to make it approximate human hair. Jerry succeed. Heimdall just put up a great video on Pod Blanco, Negroology or something, and it had uh, 50 Cent in it with, with a big uh, curly weave, and it had the history of male Negro hairstyles. And uh, some of them, I guess the jury curls tend to catch on fire, like as Michael Jackson's did. But it's really a fascinating subculture lore Whitey doesn't know too much about. No, yeah, I was reading a story the other day they have about <laughs> discussing just these racks and rows of, of hair of, they had in the stores for serving up black hair care products, which you, if you're white, you don't think about it, but, uh, you know, shampoo, conditioner, or something like that. But they're going to totally have to, uh, they have to chemically burn it to straighten it out to make it look sort of like white hair. Right, and then but, they attach adornments to it or large fake hair uh, attachments. And it almost makes it you long for the days clip, of Angela Davis and Link from the Mod Squad. They, they clip it on like Velcro. Yeah, and they spend a lot of money doing it. It's yet another way black families are famous for spending on liquor and bling and bling. Even blacks who have a similar income to whites are tend to have far less in assets. They they find whenever they study this because they put their money into this kind of thing, either buying buying externals because they don't have anything going on inside their heads. They have everything is a matter of show and impressing other people, whether it's your hair or your car. So they're just a pathetic jungle culture that ought to be completely separated from ours, as pretty much every president set up into the middle of the 20th century when the Jewish control became too strong. <laughs> so yeah, is this a case of not being able to turn a, a, a silk purse into a sal's ear? It it is a case. Of not being able to do that, but yet spending tens of thousands of dollars in the attempt. And this is what black women spend their money on. Well, in this case, so. it's happened to save her life. Yeah, a typical nigger scene. I mean, there's a, there's a photo on the link here and, and Country View Market, and you just see a bunch of niggers, you know, at midnight, and they're all wandering around dully, and one of them shooting at the other ones. And in a freak, uh, freak happening, I guess she was saved by uh, the tightness of her weave. Although it may be that the hair was simply so large that it caught the bullet, and it, and it wasn't actually going to penetrate her skull in the first place because it wasn't aimed directly, or it missed, but it got caught in the hair. Who knows? I doubt it was coming in directly. It was slowed <laughs> down by the window a little bit, went through the window. Yeah, surely there's 
yeah. there should be some ballistic studies done on this because we've discussed this. We don't. Th- th- some people on the forum seem to think a forty caliber bullet just won't do the job. Yeah, they need the new nigger head of the uh, DOJ, Eric Holder, to assign well, the I FBI think, to do ballistics. <laughs> you, you guys remember Tupac? I believe he was shot at least twice in the head, and it didn't take. <laughs> <laughs> didn't take. Yeah, it wouldn't wouldn't penetrate his skull. We we have a story that one guy that uh, jumped out of the third quarter, uh, third floor of a Denver courthouse, I think it was, and landed on his head and it was only in critical condition. Mm-hmm. It's quite a dive. Oh, yeah, the difference between black and white is not just skin and color, as the the idiots and the and the liars say. It's it's a thousand different physical differences, including bone thickness and, and nature of hair, of quality of hair, texture of hair. But yeah, I guess this is a funny story if you consider random, stupid, pointless nigger violence carried on in the middle of a major white country to be funny. Then it's funny. Of, that, that brings us into the number two team, B, doesn't it, Aegis? Violence or attempted violence, or is that love? Uh, I do believe we have an immigrant, I'm going to let you run with this story, Shane, uh, who's been sending love letters to Obama. Yeah, Saad Hussein, S-A-A-D, uh, sent uh, HIV-infected blood, dried blood. He used a razor blade, he said, to cut his finger. I think he sent him a couple of letters, and he's originally from Ethiopia, where Haley Selassie is from. 29 years old, been in the United States three years, never had a job. No need. And uh, so uh, he sent it for some reason to Springfield. Maybe he was too much influenced by Obama's talking about Abraham Lincoln of Springfield all these years. And of course, Springfield's where Obama used to be in the legislature of the state as a state senator. But odd, he sent it there. And the FBI tracked him down. And uh, uh, some while ago, I'm not sure, a year or so ago, he'd been arrested for starting a fire in the middle of a busy Chicago intersection and yelling, Allah Akbar, Allah Akbar, Allah's great. So the two Husseins, isn't you know, one of them, one of them a citizen of Kenya, now the president of the United States, and one of them a, a ne'er-do-well who's had the unfortunate uh, happenstance to to have, have gotten pop for something for which Obama couldn't even, by which Obama couldn't even have caught AIDS. Didn't he have some other grouses there, Aegis? I forgot them all. He sent one to Rahm Emanuel, didn't he? Uh, he certainly did, and he wanted uh, tickets for the... Uh, Inauguration. Inauguration, yes. He wanted yeah. front row seats. He had a lawn chair, too, probably. Put him in a lawn chair with helium balloons and let him uh, drop uh, <laughs> HIV blood on the crowd. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's a funny story. Uh, a valuable, a valued immigrant, and I hope he turns his life around with the love and care of the United States government. I'm sure he'll be. Well, he's surely now off to nigger you. <laughs> nigger you? The university the uh, for niggers, otherwise known as the penitentiary. Oh, that would be a good name for the entire United States now. Nigger you. Anyway. Well, speaking of another nigger you, uh, Zimbabwe. We have Zimbabwe in the news again. The Reserve Bank of Zimbabwe said on Friday it was introducing a 100 trillion Zimbabwe dollar bill as part of anti-inflation measures. Mm-hmm. The new note is worth about 300 US dollars on the black market. Oh, it's worth quite a bit. The agency said Zimbabwe was also introducing 10 trillion, 20 trillion and 50 trillion Zim dollar notes. They're making us look like cheapskates with 1.7 trillion, 12.5 trillion in the in the hole, huh? Wow. A line in the story says Zimbabwe's inflation is officially put at 231 million percent, while independent <laughs> financial institutions estimate it could be more than 500 quintillion. I don't even know what that is, but I, I don't know how they put any value on these notes at all, or how anyone estimates anything, or why anyone would take any one of these pieces of paper with printing on it in exchange for any real good, like an egg. Like well, the, the Israelis were sent in to supposedly monitor, they sent themselves in more likely to monitor this last election, in which I think Mugabe's sharing power, isn't he? But uh, maybe they're 
printing the, the notes as well. Somebody on vnnforum.com suggested that, that maybe the Jews are the ones who are actually printing these notes. Uh, I, I noticed that a $100 trillion note would buy you an EDAR in the United States, or at least uh, three-fifths of an EDAR, because they cost 500 bucks. Uh, everyone deserves a roof. These are these uh, mobile shopping carts with a kind of a tent structure that reaches a peak in the center so that you can sit up, and they have really a tough plastic wheels that are bolted on in stainless steel. They're made in, actually in a shopping cart factory. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And uh, they're passing them out in L.A. to this 80,000, I think, homeless in L.A. They don't have that many of them out there yet, or just a few hundred. But they had some uh, Negroes test driving them. One of them was sitting in the middle of their video, and he goes, what do you think? He says, I think it works. He says, I think I like it. It was pretty funny. And uh, so the EDARs, uh, imagine if you had 200 trillion bucks, you could have a, you could buy yourself an EDAR if you had to pay cash, which you don't, and have 100 bucks left over. But maybe the white Americans who, who are switching to EDAR living might have to pay for theirs. Well, you know, I see this monkey, uh, Mugabe, Mugabe, and he's also going after the white farmers again, too. And as we know, this this is a, a country with a population of, oh, what is it? I, I don't know, I've forgotten the numbers, but they've driven off basically 80, 90 percent of the whites. They've killed four figures of farmers, and they've, they've been starving and had massive, the worst inflation in the world for well over a year now. And then we see Mugabe, who is this aged, Western-educated monkey, right? He's had all the benefits of white Christian upbringing and education. He has something like eight honorary degrees or uh, honorary and real degrees. And this is how he acts. White farmers must leave their farms because they are not welcome in Zimbabwe. So even, even as people are starving, there's this monkey is trying to drive out whatever remaining whites there are who can bring any semblance of normal life to, uh, to his country. Because it's all about race first and food and even life after that. And so it will be with the U.S. eventually if they, if they get enough numbers. We have a video up and they're, they're digging for gold in some local rivers there and it costs tenth of a gram of gold to buy a loaf of bread. So the old people are, are cannot dig and they're also digging in literally uh, dirt pits, you know, sort of adjacent to the river banks and it looks like they're down to about, I don't know, 15, 20 feet in some cases. And actually they look a little bit excited to actually have some hard currency and be able to buy food. Kind of grouse and complain a little bit, but uh, it's better than not eating, at least for some of them who are willing to do the work. Well, that really, I think that, that runs into some of our other stories about the decline line of economics in the U.S. and the way they're attempting to remedy it with uh, paper, just the way they are here, just deficit spending. And GM Chairman Rick Wagoner pressed Thursday to convince Washington to provide more aid as the company revealed a massive loss coupled with a warning that its auditors are likely to question the automaker's viability. So soon a homeless Wagoner himself, perhaps. <laughs> Pretty close to it. Yeah, it was a further sign that the century-old automaker is teetering on bankruptcy, a scenario the General Motors Corp. is desperately trying to avoid. Yeah, well, from what I've heard and read, they lose about $4,000 per car, so they are effectively bankrupt right now. And I guess the only part of their business even remotely viable is their financing corporation. That's a GMAC or whatever it is that's tied in with them. But, you know, they've already established a pattern. I know last night they gave another, the feds gave another $30 billion to prop up AIG after they've already given it, I don't know what, I think over $100 billion. So uh, what we're seeing here in the U.S. is really uh, the, the old Fabian socialist plan of basically they don't want anybody other than the government owning any assets. And that way, the coterie of socialists at the heart of society can control everybody. They don't have any anybody who has any independent power center because all the money and all the political power sucked into the center of the country, and then they'll let you have what they want you to have. And in that way, they can direct how everybody lives. And more and more 
more things are going along this line and, and the common people having been raised in public schools don't know any better than to accept that the government is their, their wise and benevolent father who knows what's best for them. Right. It's and morphing so, into a top-down command economy where you have a messiah-like NLP uh, uh, street P- pimp uh, P- uh, doling out the goods. Mugabe has done in Zimbabwe is only uh, orders of magnitude worse than what Barack Obama is going to try to do in the U.S., but it's exactly the same thing. They're going to deficit spending. Deficit spending is the theory of this uh, British faggot socialist called uh, Lord Keynes, and his idea was that, that now the correct way to get out of a recession is for people to save money, and as they save more money and pool up their capital, then they can get into expanding their business. But if they made what the economists call malinvestments, that is bad investments or things have failed, well, you have to let them fail, and then you begin a new cycle after you cycle after you cycle after you trench, and you save resave some money, and then you reinvest it again. But what Washington wants to do is keep the bubble going endlessly by printing money and passing it out to its uh, <clears throat> the people who will do what it wants with it, and that will make them look like the good guys. So they they print endless amounts of money. Now we're not up to qu- you know quintillion dollar notes yet, or trillion dollar notes the way they are in Zimbabwe. But that is the direction we're heading. Indeed, all governments that have a central bank operate in that way, and they are allowed to create money out of thin air. And what that means is they run the printing presses and they use the new money that they create to steal value from you who have to work to earn it so that your dollars become worth less and they get at first dibs with their new dollars and they, they put them out they spend them they send them to their banks their banks loan it out and make interest on it so they make money but you have your purchasing power stolen from you and now the government is trying to run insurance it's trying to run uh, you know the auto industry it's it's mortgages. probably going to mortgages it, it's going to try to take on the uh, uh, health care as well that's long been one of the favorites of the, the socialists the communists is they want to run the health care system and what that always means is that they lure the people in with a promise that it's going to be free but it just means that you're going to have to give up a huge new chunk of your paycheck and you'll only be able to go to doctors that they allow you to go to for treatment of what they want you to be treated for and, and it's just it's turning over personal power to the government and politicians and right. that's and what they course, like ultimately they want everything in their thing in their thing and that's where we're headed in the US I wanted to mention that uh, this that GMC financing arm I can't even think of the precise name of it now we had the videos up about the, the head of it but he's a major Zionist and he had a separate corporation before they went to uh, DC to get this last bailout money which they've already burned through by the way GM has and uh, the long and the short is he got ripped off for, by Bernard Madoff for I believe it was a billion dollars in his other um, company it started with an A I can't remember the name but this fellow is a major Zionist he's a Jew major mm. major Zionist his dad was a big backer of Yeshiva University so is he I mean it's just another Jew who most Americans never heard of wouldn't probably know he was a Jew if they heard his name but there he is uh, ruining a major American corporation and all in the name of financial responsibility and uh, you know marquee mm-hmm. and this article says GM lost reported an annual loss of 30.9 billion dollars so they are bankrupt regardless of what they call it I know their stock has declined to basically about 3% of what it was so it's essentially worthless right so if uh, uh, the government steps in and just creates make work at a loss it's more or less just a welfare program well yeah the, the problem here is that uh, by one of the libertarians favorites uh i think his name is bastiati he's a french writer he pointed this out a few hundred years ago the thing is when obama says i'm going to stimulate the economy the media who are on the side of the government never asked the obvious question what obvious question what obvious question what obvious question. does he get the money to stimulate the economy he's not earning it or making it himself there's only two ways they can get money either they tax it away from people who have it the i.e. the very same ones they're supposed to be wanting to stimulate, or they print it themselves. And in fact, what they're going to do
do is both. They're going to they're going to increase taxes across the board while claiming they're only going to get the rich, and they're also going to print money out of thin air, and they're going to loan it out. The point here is that whatever sh- productive power there is is being lessened by these. Uh, Obama has never run anything in his life. He has no expertise in anything. He probably couldn't run a McDonald's if he had to run it to make a profit. But he's been voted into office. He's promoted this, as this great guy who knows what he's doing. Well, he's going to take these people's money, the very the money of the people he's supposedly trying to stimulate, and what's he going to do with it? He's going to give it out to his supporters. They're going to take money from whites who have earned it and turn it over to useless niggers. Mugabe style. You know, and the, uh, they'll and the, the point here, and the media will, whatever he does, they can immediately point to and say, oh, look what a good thing this is. Like, he's going to do his deficit spending. Well, immediately, the newspaper reporters are out there saying, look, they're going to build new bridges in Missouri and new highways in Iowa, etc. So you get the feeling of, oh, there's something good being done with the money. What they don't tell you is where did that money come from? What uses did the people who they took it from have? And aren't those people, by virtue of the very fact that they had the money in the first place, aren't they exactly the ones Exactly the ones are going to be damaged rather than stimulated? But the, the point is, if you steal money from someone and spend it on something, that's something visible that can be pointed to by the media, whereas the lost productive power is invisible. That was Bastiat's main point. Like the real effects of this stuff are mostly invisible, but because the the effects of what they're doing are visible and can be focused on by the media, they're going to tend to outweigh the intellectual knowledge that what is lost is more than what is gained, <laughs> if you understand what I'm saying. So they can point to the real, look, they made a new bridge. This is part of Obama's, okay, well, where did they get the money from? How much less in capacity does the guy who runs, a, say the guy who's a private carpenter, how much less capacity does he have? Or, or someone who's in construction, how much less money do they have? The point is, Obama's taking money from you to use on his projects, and you can well believe that his projects include buying off more and more of these inner city nigger ferals, right? By taking your, your wealth and your capacity and money out of your kid's mouth and turning it over to his people. His, his, people his are urban czar, Alex. And niggers. Yeah, how about, how about the wars? Yeah, his new urban czar is yeah, a sure. uh, Hispanic nigger who speaks Spanish, and he had uh, he's already been uh, you know tit for tat taking money from developers and then granting them uh, you know he gets six thousand dollars and gives them a eighty million dollar deal. And they know yeah, this. Well, they're taking money from the productive white middle class, so they're turning it over to their own clowns after extracting a percentage themselves for being middlemen. Right. And this, this is what it's like in a, in a socialist country where or a bar uh, <laughs> essentially you're not allowed to criticize it, and you're you, you have high taxes and and you're not allowed to criticize what's going on. So Hillary Clinton and Obama and the rest of their their clown central are going to live high off the hog while you do worse and worse. Speaking and of that, I think less, Obama less would be an excellent McDonald's manager. I, I envision myself walking in and seeing Obama behind the counter. He'd smile and greet you. And I, I how you doing? Hey, how you doing, Craig? I said, I'm <laughs> Obama, how are you, brother? I think so it would maybe, be a, he maybe would be he really would. A drift, I think you gave him a, a very uh, gratuitous slight there, Alex. Well, the the fact of the matter is, though, he has never done anything like that. Right. He has been in the shakedown business, down business, down business. Community. What do you think a community organizer is? Well, we know a community organizer Acorn. is someone who goes. Yeah, they go out and they threaten. Unless you do what we say, we are going to damage your business. Business. Because they are on the same side as government and the media, they get backed up. Whereas the media doesn't like if we protest or we want something changed our own way, if it's merely back to official legal equality, not on our side, and they har- harass and attack us. I mean, there's so many there are so many angles or aspects from which you can look at the economic the U.S. has, and and what we're going to talk about later. The the upside of it is all these these kike papers are being driven out of business, which is absolutely wonderful. Worst people in the world. But uh, but 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 before we get to that. I mean, look at the housing side. Yeah. We have the government backing up all these with Fannie Mae and 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 and, and whatever the heck they're, they're named. It's backing up all of these mortgages. Well, people like Obama go out and they put pressure on banks to make bad loans to uncreditworthy.
the minorities. And then when those minorities default, the government comes back in and pays the mortgages off for them, as Obama is doing right now. So the point here is this whole thing in all these various uh, manifestations is simply the government extracting money from productive whites and turning it over to incompetent, incompetent, and all white gets out, white gets his money taken and he gets a kick in the ass in return for it. And, a 30, and year, 30 or 40 year bill is what it amounts to. Yeah, we, we, we pay the bills for a burgeoning class of nigger ferals. And then we get bashed on the, uh, the radio because we're not giving enough. It's never enough. And we get bashed for being racist on top of it by Eric Holder, who, who Obama nigger has just appointed to be our attorney general. And so uh, we he wants an honest talk about race. Well, that's what we're giving you here at Goyfire. But you'd never hear stuff like we're saying here on Goyfire through any of the official media. How, how about this irony, Alex? The, the, the Community Reinvestment Act of 1977, that's the one that started it. You know, they revised it to make it more and more liberal. And then the acorn yes. people like Obama, he he literally trained people to go into, uh, you know, smaller hoods or smaller communities, basically, originally. I think they yes. worked their way up and intimidate local bankers that they were racist, you know, go to the banker's house and such. Obama literally trained them Saul Alinsky Jew style. And that, uh, that was under the Community Reinvestment Act, as you mentioned. Now they're still paying them off. Rick Santelli uh, was on the Chicago floor and had a, had a freak out the other day about it. And then and subsequently they had the St. Louis protest about that Tea Party. You know, you heard about that. A thousand people showed up. Anyway, get this. The Community Reinvestment Act, it caused the whole thing, started it with the subprimate loans, which they repackaged, uh, sent off to Europe. The Jews of Wall Street did and said, oh, triple A. Wow, it's fucking gold. And and now they ripped off the European white banks in Italy and, and France and Germany. So, so they're having to pay for it. They're even worse off than the U.S., if you can believe that, at least in the short term. And, and now this recovery.gov site, uh, they have a thing called the, the Community Reinvestment uh, Bank, and they're still using this term reinvestment. And they, they call the act the American Recovery and Reinvestment Act. You know, that's a lot of nerve and cheek. After the Reinvestment Act and the Community Reinvestment Act, that's what it was called, pardon me, uh, caused the whole goddamn thing. And now they're using the same ner- term. It's un- unbelievable to me. I mean, yeah, well, just like right in your face. Who knows? Who cares? You don't know. Well, well described, Craig. Yeah. The, the key here for our listeners is to understand that all these various things are mechanisms for extracting everything good that whites have and can produce and turning it over to non-whites, especially Jews and, and colored minorities while browbeating us. So all of these acts are ways of turning black physical intimidation of whites into real effective money that they can use to, to buy their bling and their hair weaves. And that's what it is. I mean, banking has been around for thousands of years. They know what makes someone credit worthy. So when they apply political pressure, what they're doing is saying, hey, drop your standards. And the Republicans are just as guilty as the Democrats in this because they're all bought off by big Jew and they're all afraid and intimidated by, by Jews and niggers. So that's what the bottom line here is. White people are allowing themselves to be intimidated out of their own possessions in their own country by these throngs of Jews and niggers. And the, the investment and redlining and racism, all these, all these are garbage terms to get whites to back off and give over to these niggers what belongs to them. Back off makes it sound like we're the aggressors. No, we created something out of nothing. The MUDs didn't build anything in anywhere in the world until we came along. When we came along and built something, and then they showed up to take it from us. And that's exactly what's going on. And the media provide cover for them. So clowns like Obama, who, who don't have any kind of an honest job, show up and demand an end to redlining or racism and lending. And they demand that these banks not use the standard pra- standard pra- for loaning money, that is the, the incoming Mexican nationals and the niggers. Not enough of them qualify for loans. Therefore, their rate of home ownership is much lower than whites' rates. So how do we close that gap? That's a common theme in the media, whether it's for the SAT or any kind of educational statistic or whether it's for stuff like loaning. Because, of course, the assumption us being good little insane liberal cultist is that all people are equal. So, equal. 
There's a gap there. We have to close that gap. How do we close the gap? Well, there's only one way to do it. Give the money to uh, the subprime loans Craig's talking about. So what they do is they, they bring in these illegals and they say, oh, well, I know traditionally you need to put 20% down. You know what? Wave that. You don't have to put anything down. We'll give you more money than you can afford to get you into this house. Thereby, the home ownership rates appear on paper to go up. And then you have your clever, you have your clever, and they bundle all of these millions of loans. And most of the foreclosures are taking place in basically four states, California, Arizona, Nevada, and or maybe it's Texas and Texas and then the, the Northeast. And this is where you have the heaviest immigration. So that's Alex, 19 million, not, take, 19 well, million foreclosed vacant houses now in the country. 19 million. Yeah. And the, the point here is that these subprime eights or these subprime loans uh, are going to illegal aliens and to niggers and they can't pay it back. But what the clever Jews come in and they're, oh, they're financially, they're so inventive. They invent new investment vehicles or what do they call them? Articles or vehicles based residuals, on the residuals. Yeah. Well, packaging these loans, they come up, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. You just need the concept. They come up with new investment vehicles and they bundle all of these bad loans together and then they resell them around the world. And that's what's causing this whole house of cards to come collapsing down because ultimately, ultimately on people being given money who are not credit worthy. And so when they default, you've got a massive problem. <laughs> Alex, we, we, we have the case of this mammy. She's like 68 or 70. And they, they interview her out in Cali, Kosovo. And, and she, first of all, she got the loan. Her husband had been dead 14 years and he had worked as a longshoreman. They used his salary. Fucking dead for 14 years. And she said, I told him he'd been dead. And then her salary, oh, can you call it a salary? It was either unemployment or welfare. I forget now which. Then they refinanced her four years straight and gave her 20K in her pocket. And you know that 20K could have trained some young white kid to be a plumber or a carpenter in any kind of a you know, apprentice program yeah, or yeah. community college, but no. And uh, not that's, only is she not prosecuted, she's practically represented as a victim. Like, oh, isn't it terrible? And now she's lost her home. Yeah, well, this this is the thing. It, it's get, necessary. Get her an E there post haste. Whites can't ever be right. The system is sy- systemically against us. White people are, they're always scurrying around. They're very obsessed. If you look at them as a race, different from other races, they're very obsessed with doing the right thing and being yep. responsible. And it never occurs to them to look up and see that there's no way they can win under the system. They're always guilty. Always guilty. Guilty because A, their bank applied reasonable standards to, to, to loaning credit. And and when when they find that, well, not that many minorities are really credit worthy, then the people like Obama come in and say the banks are racist. They need to drop their standards. It's just exactly like, it, it's a parallel to how it was in education. Originally, they used to say, look, blacks just want a chance to compete. Right. And then when they get the chance to compete and take the SATs and they don't do as well as whites, well, then, the, then equality itself is becomes racist. There goes they the want every possible way. Yeah, they, they want it every possible way. When the, when they don't get the loans they're not qualified for, you're a racist. And when they get the loans and they can't pay them, you're a racist for foreclosing on them. So either way, whites always lose and niggers and Jews always win. And that's why the only solution to this stuff is complete and utter political separation, de-yoking of the white race, the productive race, the good race, our race, from the useless niggers and the Jews who champion them. And by the way, that's a logical ending after this 50-year experiment in a, brought on in in some measure by by jet travel, at least the technologies of, of jet travel and multimedia uh, communications, uh, which which the Jews use to their own uh, benefit uh, quite malevolently. But, uh, I mean, those technologies facilitated this. It's been a great, grand, and, uh, uh, I don't know, grunt society or whatever. It's all over now. It's a big 50 or 55-year bomb. And so mm-hmm. you may as well come face-to-face with it because uh, you've lost your country. I mean, you, you can yeah. wait till they come knocking on your door and invade your house. And a lot of people that's already happened to, like, uh, you know, 
you know, people like Shannon and Chris, but uh, just keep waiting, uh, or, or, or yeah. you can defame us. All of this is all of this is carried on as we've described it, and that's the problem. But the meta problem is that none of this can be talked about openly, so that people like Phil Graham or whatever will receive the blame for you know some act he wrote revising the regulations governing these some of these loans. But even they don't dare to come out and say exactly what we've said because it's it's too plain spoken. You can't speak plainly in the U.S. It won't be reported anywhere. Or if it is, and you make a public spectacle of it, they'll call you a hater for saying exactly what I've described, even though it's 100% accurate. And, and what about our major countries already destroyed by this? The USA now clearly. George Soros was at Columbia University this week, and he said that the only thing he can possibly compare it to, and for all of you neocons and Christians, surely you can believe the Jew multi-billionaire George Soros, who's been called a criminal by the leader of Thailand and Malaysia, the ex-leaders, uh, international criminal. Anyway, he says it can only be compared to the Soviet Union. So if the Soviet Union collapses, he's telling, basically to me, he's just telling those Jew kids at, at Columbia, go home and tell your folks, move their assets and interests around and they can profit big, just like I have been. You know? Well, me, you know, the, the only logical step here for white people who are paying attention is we have to have a white nation, a white nation, 100% free of Jews. And until we liberate ourselves from the Jews, we are going to have this kind of problem because you can't discuss any of this stuff. You can't solve a problem if you if you cut the feedback loop. Reality is the feedback loop. You can have whatever illusions you want, but reality will prevent your illusions, that is your false perceptions, from becoming illusions, delusions. That is when you when you really bring them in and assume them in and assume and they become part of your belief system. Anybody can be fooled or tricked by appearances, but if you don't allow reality to correct it, and that's the function that the media is supposed to have, but it doesn't have that because A, it, it's concentrated and it's held in a few hands. And the point is not that they're corporate owned, that they're kike owned. And the kike political agenda doesn't allow any of the true facts of the situation to be discussed. Jews control the media because they have. Theirs is a tiny, weird, itty-bitty minority view that the majority doesn't subscribe to, and is which is in direct competition and contrast and opposition to the majority interest, interest of the people making up the white country and paying all of the taxes. And they can't allow that. What, what incentive do we normal white people have to let tens of millions of Mexicans come to the country and be given, uh, be given a liar's loans, another term for subprime, loans, Alt-A loans, is a, yet a, still a third synonym for it. What what incentive do we whites have to let in tens of millions of Mexicans and then give them money, give them free health care, give them free education, and then not be able to talk about it our media because they're controlled by the Jews, who are, the, in fact, the authors of all this insanity? Alex, tell them how they flipped houses there in Cali Kosovo for a hundred grand, how some spick sold one to his Mexican gardener, a spick with a Mexican gardener, for a hundred grand, how the banks would okay him and just uh, literally pass him the, the, the cash. Here's the money. And then they say, oh, well, I cannot afford to pay it after all. And then they walk out with a hundred uh, hundred grand split. And it literally is a split, just like in the sting or something. I don't know about that. I mean, the, the basic problem here is you have malinvestment because you have the Jews running the Fed, yeah. which is an un- unaudited Sanford. private organization that is allowed to print money. Uh, when they're printing money like that, that money has to go somewhere. And where, where it went to after the dot-com crash was into real estate. And so that's what we're seeing. All these people are, are corruptly trying to make uh, a dollar. And they're all people who aren't qualified for loans are getting the loans. People who know that they shouldn't be underwriting these loans are doing it partly as a result of political pressure, as we described, and also partly because they weren't because they weren't from writing the loan, and then they just turn around and resell it. So nobody has a direct stake. Well, Hillary Clinton is in the news. Uh, Clinton set to name Posner to top rights job. Hillary Clinton is set to nominate a Jewish activist who has led efforts to counter anti-Semitism as her human rights czar. The Secretary of State soon will name Michael Posner, a founder of Human Rights First, as Assistant Secretary for Democracy.
democracy, human rights, and labor. Bloomberg News reported Wednesday. Oh, by the way, you guys, let me mention this this word czar as soon as I heard it. You know, Robert Byrd from West Virginia has been in the Senate, I think, longer than anybody, certainly longer than any Democrat. You know, well, I don't know, probably three and a half, four decades. He, he says that the, he wrote a letter to Obama about these czars because it's basically making an end run around the Senate's right to confirm heads of departments and cabinet heads. They just arbitrarily, by executive, uh, you know, flash and dash and, uh, of the pen, say, oh, here, here's your, your budget and you have, you know, you're under this secretary. However, you answer to Obama personally. So, uh, you know, to use the term czar, I don't know. It's not exactly Bolshevik, is it? But, uh, the irony is that the Jews murdered the czar in Russia, but that's just a uh, kind of tongue-in-cheek name they give to this stuff here in this country. So what can we say here? I'm not too sure about this. I feel like I should know more about this guy, but I don't recall seeing the name Michael Posner. I would guess it's Posner myself, but a uh, founder of human rights. And anytime you see something with a name that is neutral or positive, but but it's always kind of vague and something like human rights, that's always going to be a communist thing, almost surely a front for New World Order garbage or for Jewish ethnic specific garbage. So, so you know, this guy has done blah, blah, blah in relation to Rwanda and the former Yugoslavia. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know much about this guy's background, so I can't really comment on, on this, but he appears to be your pretty typical left, typical left who's out there carrying water for the neocons and, and calling anybody they don't like a war criminal. And then on the same hand, they'll flip around. This type of person will flip around and demand that the U.S. not get involved in the, the racism conference that the, uh, the U.N. is going to put on because it criticizes Israel and says Zionism is racism. So the U.S., Canada, and another state have uh, pulled out of that. So this is the typical, this is the typical uh, double talk of the kike. Yeah, it's the human yeah. rights versus a unique is unique among the major human rights watchdogs in that it targets governments for not doing enough to combat hate crimes. Yeah, and, they, and these clowns will work in conjunction with like this, with like this, with like this, with like pedophiles who run those organizations, the queers and the pedophiles who run these Marxist political groups that affect to be neutral human rights watchdogs and put out their reports. Their reports are repeated by the absolutely pathetic losing our mass media reporters. And they all work together to create an environment which is good for which is queers and niggers and bad for normal white people. This is what normal whites have to understand. If they call someone a hater, that's someone who's legitimately representing your interests because you he know, understands the, the, uh, the interests of the Jews are counter to yours. Go ahead, Craig. Well, well I was going to mention in terms of Jews that have been nominated in general, just a few I know off the top of my head. There's this Jared Bernstein, who's an economist directly working for uh, Biden. Then there's a uh, Philip Schwagel, S-W-A-G-E-L. He's literally a Chabad Lubavitchers. And if you go to the Chabad Lubavitcher website, he's listed in their network of worldwide Chabad Lubavitchers. He's the undersecretary of the Treasury. And he came out and said that he could not explain where the billions have been going, but he was going to do his best to find out. No accountability. I think Biden's been charged uh, with uh, determining where they're all going. So who knows? It's it's really just, uh, to me, another, uh, you know, more like a mega Bernard Madoff scam. Well, Only you know, 3% Craig, of this money so is ever Craig, printed. So the thing is, they're able to fool the majority of the people. I, I look around on the Internet and I whenever I see a neutral forum, you've got the, the Bush lovers. Well, now almost nobody likes Bush, but they're go the left and the right go after each other exactly as the elites intend. And the point here is, Craig's talking about the appointments. They may be a slightly different set of kikes than the ones Bush appointed, but that's the point. They're just a, uh, they're, it's a swing shift for the Jew factory. And people like Obama and Bush, there's almost no real difference between them other than symbolically. Now, that may be a big difference, but in, in point of fact, on a day-to-day, a daily basis, they've got Jew speech writers. They're appointing Jews at the top of all these things. And it's the Jewish agenda that's being carried out, maybe with a slightly different emphasis than under Bush. But essentially the same anti-white, pro-Jew, pro-colored pro, uh, majority uh, emphasis or, or agenda that is 
in the end, it's anti-white, anti-normal white middle class person. He just was so calling it a sorcery earlier, Alex, when we were talking sorcery. Mm-hmm. There's a lot to that, I think, you know, in terms of their media and how it just bombards our kids. I mean, from the time they're really, really young, guys our age at least got away from a little bit of it. We didn't have to ingest it all. But Well, I, I think that there's across the board, they're pushing multicultural garbage in every possible venue, online, offline, billboards, TV, uh, internet sites, uh, mainstream portals like Yahoo and, and Google and whatever. They're always pushing this multicultural garbage in order to brainwash people that the new world is going to be a grab bag of people and they're all going to mix and mate and have promiscuous but protected sex and in the end produce a tan everyman as it's been called and do away with uh, all, all races but the Jews in this wonderful new world order that will be ruled out of Jerusalem or out of Tel Aviv and New York uh, and the Jews will make all the important decisions for the rest of us and we'll be eternal children slash slaves slash cattle. That's what they're trying to build. Yeah well I wish that I wish the billionaires like Larry Page who owns Google and YouTube wouldn't go after beautiful shikses like uh, looks like Keith Richards wife that Hanson woman. He married this beautiful Aryan. I'm so sick of how, how come they have to pollute our women's minds? Uh, well, I know why because they control their wombs. But it's really, really disgusting. I even see it over here, and I mean, you know, I, I complain a lot about it to to ages, but. Uh I mean, you know, when they have these women over here, Alex, going after UNICEF and involved in the George Soros Open Society and Open Estonia and all the rest, and all they are are fronts for, for hate whites under the guise of... I, I know a white girl said she loves children. She'd have 10 if she were rich, and she wanted to uh, adopt a Somali, maybe. And I, she's a single mom now. I said, excuse mm-hmm. me, I have to go vomit. You know, I don't even think she got the joke, but I got up and left. Well, they, at every corner, whites are presented with bad options. And it, on one channel, yeah. you know... Go be a stupid, promiscuous slut, and then people will love you, and you'll get all the attention you want. And then you flip the channel, and it's, oh, save Africa and the Children's Fund. And whites are made to feel responsible for everybody else in the world's problems. But, you know, it's like trying to rescue someone who's drowning is going to grab onto you and drag you right down with them. We can't save niggers. We can't save failure people. What we can do is lose our own. Yeah, but just as they promote every form of degeneracy, they vilify all of the positions that would defend our race and our our way of life as hate and as uh, as wrong and as unpopular as evil. So it's it's extremely severe and it is uh, almost a form of sorcery in that these women who otherwise would have been our companions and helpers are turned into our worst enemies. Yeah, well, it's Magic Kingdom sorcery because magic is when something happens and you cannot explain why. Most whites cannot explain or divine Jewish verbal skills as uh, Professor McDonald has explained to us all, and we've uh, figured out through years of study. Or, uh, yeah, they, the well, whites tend to take they tend to take things at face value, and they don't look they don't look any deeper or question any motives, and they don't understand what ties all this together. So they assume that things are the way they more or less should be. Yeah, you know, and they, they only understand problems or deceptions at a low level. And, mm-hmm. and you know, now you've got people like Holder; they're reintroducing their hate crime bills, and they're reintroducing their their gun bans to do away with whatever rights Americans have left created by white Americans for their own posterity, that is, other white Americans. White American itself is redundant. Only whites can be Americans. It wasn't created for non-whites. Well, speaking so. of a hate crime, uh, Horst Mahler has been imprisoned for debunking yet again uh, the, the hollow hoax, otherwise known as the hollow cost. Auschwitz. It's 
the boy Rudolph S. He blues getting mad cause I'm reppin' SS. I got orders from Adolf to cleanse this world. Don't matter if they don't melt a little girl. All them Jews, they runnin' coward. When it's time to take a shower, and the ones that think they got away. Yo, this is what I gotta say. Certified lieutenant of the German military. And all them kites, they think I'm really scary. I sack they family up in piles. And the all my Nazi brothers, yo, a big Z high. I'm bake them Jews, and then I drag them out to the yard. And toss them on the meat wagon, and it won't be long until they're dying. Now when the temperature's rising What you gonna do with all them Jews? All them Jews with all them shoes I'ma kill, 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 kill them Jews Kill them Jews and take their shoes What you gonna do with all them kites? All them kites that you don't like I'ma kill, 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 kill them kites Kill them kites with railroad spikes the story here of course it's titled german neo-nazi convicted of holocaust denial he's also presented in a rather unfashionable way but let's just say truth teller horse Mahler was convicted for posting videos denying the holocaust on the internet and distributing cds among promoting anti-jewish hatred and violence and what's your source for this uh, this is the Herald Tribune. No, but it's an Associated Press article. Okay. So right. the yeah. key here is this is the news service, the stories from which the stories from their stringers make up about, you know, 50 per, no, 50 per, 50 per paper, if not more. And so this is the, the main wire store they're putting out is, you know, that notice that they never, ever deal in specifics because the public has been conditioned to regard to accept that people fall into categories like haters and deniers and whatever. And it's very bizarre if you look at it from an objective or rational point of view, but it works with the mass of people. They know that Mahler's a bad guy and so he's being put in jail and, and you know, the, the fact that he's disputing specific uh, historical lies that the Jews have put out there to fool people, well, that goes by the boards. They don't ever discuss what precisely Mahler is saying and why it's wrong or right. They, they never get into it at that level. It's just debated at the level of childish superficialities because that's good enough for most Americans. And in, in fact, what I was going to say is, you know, right now we've got uh, Gert Wilders. I don't know how his name is pronounced, but he's a Dutch guy. And he's standing up to Islam in in uh, in Europe and in Holland, which takes some bravery because the Muslims have killed a couple of others who did so. Uh, but the thing is, he's over here in the U.S. and all the neocons are writing columns about it and how evil Islam is. Islam is their specific thing. Islam threatens Jews, and so you won't ever hear a word about Mahler. That gets one little story in the newspaper, but not a single uh, of the neocon Jewish columnists will ever write about the fact that most back in Europe in jail for speech crimes are there because they criticize Jews. All you ever hear about is the rare critic of Islam who might get a fine or some jail time. And uh, it's just the usual double standard. Whatever is good for Jews is all they ever write about or think about. And that's what white people, that's what white people stand, hence this show. Mahler had uh, used to have been a communist in the 70s. Late 60s. I remember when I was young, I was a you know late teenager. And it was really a, you know, I was not communist ever, but uh, it was pretty interesting and thrilling because these guys would be out there on machine guns. You know, it was like a European action movie. Uh, their exploits and literally pulling bootleg turns and, and, and robbing mm-hmm. banks and such. Mahler was right in there with him. He was one of them, and they finally got him in uh, October of 1970, and I think he did 10 of a 14-year sentence, which is awfully light. Or, you know, in the United States, he'd be in for life, clearly. Uh, yeah. Well, that, that was a left army faction, and uh, they certainly right. always right treat these left-wingers more... Yeah. He, he's getting no, Notice he's getting almost the same sentence for speaking opinions as a right-winger, as he got for being, a, like, a, I don't know if he was an actual murderer, but he was certainly a high 
higher up in a murderous brigade back yeah. in the 70s. So that's an example of how words from the right uh, sure. get more prison time than deeds from the left. Well, it's just like Bill Ayers teaching at the University of Chicago after having bombed, no? Excellent. Excellent parallel there, yeah. So it's always okay to be a communist or a left-winger because that's good for Jews, but it's always bad to be a right-winger because that's not good for Jews. It's right. good for whites. Mahler was sentenced to one year above the maximum, recommended five years in prison, saying uh, the judge said he was, quote, completely unrepentant and totally unteachable. Yeah, yeah. So th there you go. So the, the law says they can only sentence him to five years, but hey, the law can always be suspended. He's suspended people the Jews hate. The guy was born so in like just, 1936. Just, he's going to yeah, die. He's an, old, he's an old guy. Actually, I think he was somehow hooked up with my original partner who started a VNN with me, a Regina uh, Belzer, and she was translating his stuff into English. I know at one point, I haven't talked to her in a few years, but I know that she had a lot of his uh, his new NPD documents and his essays translated online. They probably are still up there somewhere, but I don't know if she knew him or she knew him personally or not, but I would guess she does. I read that in 97 uh, when, he, when he flipped around and became a rightist that he started complaining about uh, Germany being an occupied nation and really occupied by Jewish thought forms, just like in the States, so many of our families' heads are, or in our women and our... That's what really gets me. When, when they get down to splitting up families on the basis of the, the power of money or, you know, this person has money, this one doesn't, and we're a money family. I mean, they, they've gotten the United States right into that, where, where so many Americans now, even in the face of total economic destruction, cannot find it in themselves to either get their assets out of U.S. dollars and put it into, I don't know, who knows, Swiss francs, gold, silver, weapons, food, just practical things. Yeah, you... Yeah, they, they can't what? divest themselves of their big McMansions or any of it. You know, even selling it at a you know relative what? loss, not a loss, but you know what I mean. I mean, they, they could liquidate many, many things, but I think very few people are doing that. And, and so it just shows how powerful this mind washing is. Well, right now, I think what a lot of people are doing here in the U.S. Uh, is uh, they're worrying because they're, they've seen the value of their retirement funds and their their stocks have dropped. Great drop result. I think this, I read the stock market's been flat for like 12 years here in the U.S. I thought the so, average loss was about 40%. I've read that figure. Quite that, a that, would, that would make sense. I've certainly seen a lot of people say that. And I think the myth here is that, you know, long term, we got to be like Warren Buffett has said. He's always been bullish on America. And anyone who's against America being great in the future is a fool. He's said stuff like that in the past. Uh, he had like one of his worst years uh, ever last year, I believe. And I'm yeah, sure that his, was his income's down 96%, I read, of, of Berkshire Hathaway. 96% down. Yeah, yeah they, they just had an article within the last two or three days of last week about him basically coming out. And I think he gives annual speeches to a stock to whatever, but he had some reports saying, yeah, we he made a bunch of bad decisions and the market was down. But he's always been a long-term bull in the future of the U.S., which has struck me as kind of, kind of, it struck me that he's not paying real close attention to stuff, which would seem odd in someone who's famous for being a great investor. But uh, I, I don't see how anyone would think the U.S. has a good long-term future based on what I see. I see decline on almost every front. He, but, he literally yeah. said nobody ever made money betting against the U.S. He said that what, like 60, 30 or 60 days after he made $10 billion betting against the U.S. dollar. You know, uh, yeah, ten well, billion. Well, at least we can tell Warren Buffett, uh, "I told you so." But uh, getting back to these uh, Holocaust deniers, we have a Holocaust denying bishop uh, making a apology, and uh, I quote here: "A Roman Catholic bishop who caused an uproar by denying the scale of the Holocaust has apologized for his views and statements carried on a Catholic news agency website on Thursday." Bishop Richard Williamson of Britain caused outrage by saying there were no gas chambers in the Nazi concentration camp and that no one and that no more than 
300,000 Jews died, rather than the widely accepted figure of 6 million. Yeah, well, for a couple observations here. First of all, it's not widely accepted, it's widely promoted. Second of all, if you if you read his actual apology, which wasn't accepted by the church, I don't believe, he basically is saying, I, I apologize to anyone who took honest scandal, as opposed, he, he means that implicitly, as opposed to those who are just pretending to be offended because they know I'm telling the truth. He is very well aware of, of the fact that the Jews are in a cultural degradation that, that he hates, and and all, you know, honest clerics are going to hate. He's quite well aware of it. I think that he's basically apologizing for raising this issue at this point, because what's going on here is the Pope is, he's kind of reinstituting this SSPX or this these traditionalists who didn't like what the Vatican did during uh, uh, the Vatican II in 1964. And what that was was kind of the acknowledgement and official documents that the Church had uh, acceded to the Jews and had uh, removed the, the blame from them for killing Christ, even though at the time that they killed him, they said his blood be on us and on our children. So the Jews were angling over the course of the 20th century to get the church to reverse its position on that and to absolve the Jews of the blame, right? So uh, they succeeded in Vatican II, and these uh, some of these Catholics were annoyed enough that they became formally schismatic, although they wouldn't put it that way. But anytime you don't follow the Pope's lead, you're, you're in schism, and that's the whole issue there. And so what this Pope was doing was bringing these guys of SSPX back into the fold. And th- then this guy, Williamson, goes on the TV, interviewed, I think he was interviewed by Swedes somewhere in Bavaria, and he basically speaks some of the truth about the Holocaust. So I think he's apologizing more or less for saying this kind of stuff at this particular point in time. But that may, uh, the Germans, I know the prosecutors were talking about going after him. So there's never a good time to tell the truth about the Jews and their Holocaust lie. But uh, anyway, this guy seems pretty solid. He's one of the few who hasn't really backed off. Even his apology isn't really much of an apology, and I think that's why at least somebody in the Vatican didn't accept it. So we're keeping an eye on this, and we'll see how it evolves. He also gave a sermon recently in which he said that the encroaching police state is coming, and he made the point that it's not as overt, but it's very well uh, well oiled and well working. That is, and by very subtle means. In fact, all of them that we've been talking about tonight, a lot of that. Yeah, Craig, I'm irritated because I can't find his his blog, which I had up, but look at the photos. Always look at the way they use photos of these people, and they're giving you like a, a two-thirds or a three-quarters angle on him. That always makes people look weak and suspicious because they're naturally shifting their eyes to look back at the camera and it makes them look like they're shifty. Uh-huh. And that's and that's the intent of the Jews taking and circulating these pictures. Yeah. They, they did some games with you like that in Knoxville, as I recall, didn't they? They, they certainly I mean, they, the initial photo helped out our cause, uh, but uh, they, they made up for it by when I was in the court. They made it look like I was being harassed and lectured by the guy. And it was very deliberately set up beforehand. I didn't realize it at the time, but uh, yeah, the guy held on to the note while I was asking him what this meant. This was like, you you got to come back at this point and, and you have to go to this other courtroom is what he was telling me. He was holding on onto the note while I was trying to take it from him and he held on to it long enough where with his one hand so that we both had our hands on it and then he was using his other hand. He was making demonstrative finger gestures and he was giving me directions but he knew that they would take a picture and in the paper it would appear that he I was being browbeaten and lectured by the court for being a bad evil hater. And this is how this is how cynical and, and dishonest and manipulative all this stuff is. Uh, but uh, yeah, you everything in the media is calculated to produce a certain impression. You have to understand that going in. And these guys are all complete scum. Everybody in the mainstream media is is just a scum monger. And they completely deserve to be lined up against the wall and machine gun. You know, one of the best things that VNN Forum ever did, that, that I was able to participate in, was, was uh, you know, opening up Shannon Christian and Chris Newsom's story to the whole country, and, and how he sort of uh, browbeat him and, and forced him to do it. Remember how it went? It went through up, right up to Michelle Malkin, and then she got a lot of credit for it. But really, the whole process, you could probably remember it better 
than I, but it was really, really something, you know, and yeah, it's, it's having an effect on, on white people. Anyone, if you have will and you want to do stuff, this game is utterly open to anybody. anybody. It, you can force them to an extent to take your points into consideration, if only to denounce them. And so what we achieved was a segment on CNN and a, the last subtitle in a major paper story, the Chicago Tribune, that actually conceded the crime stats. Said, oh, yeah, well, you know, I guess, uh, you know, some people could look at uh, there being, you know, 40,000 to zero rape uh, differential as being something in, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. Newsworthy. <laughs> and this is the thing. If, if you whites don't want to be slaughtered, you're going to have to stand up for yourself, stand up for yourself, force them to address your agenda because they're not going to do it on their own. They have their agenda. It's in every single paper land. Nobody dares go athwart it without legal and financial repercussions and familial repercussions. And anybody who's tried to lead on this stuff knows exactly what I'm talking about. It can very easily destroy your life, your health, your money, uh, e even with <laughs> only indirect pressure. Trust me, I'm, I know what I'm talking about. And yet, if you don't stand up and fight, they're going to end up running things. And as we see from America Today, they're running them right into the ground. I mean, you, you've got these monkeys and these Jews pretending to be human. What do they do? They're, they're destroying it. I mean, honest to God, you think out of simple interest in like, what, what the hell's going on here? People would look around for a different point of view, but and maybe they are. But boy, you know, you don't get any reflection of it in the controlled media. That's for darn sure. Just yeah. deficit spending and anti-winism as far as the eye can see. Loxism. Loxism. I coined it years ago. Yeah, well, on a positive note, we have a story here. Rocky Mountain News to close. Publish final edition Friday. The Rocky Mountain News publishes its last paper tomorrow. Yeah, and this is a neocon rag going out of business in Denver, but on Denver, but on Denver, have already been picked up by the one paper left in the town, the Denver Post, which with with which the Rocky Mountain News already had printing arrangements. See, and all this stuff, and all this stuff, and all this stuff, stuff, a CC, which now has a new Jew appointment. He has to sign off on all that. You know, if you, you can't own more than one newspaper or one TV station in town, you can't cross own in the media. But even, even in stuff like whether the two newspapers in a town are going to share printing arrangements, I think the FCC has some role in that because I, I was reading a lot of this Rocky Mountain News stuff. Anyway, this was kind of a, Denver had the Denver Post and the Rocky Mountain News. The Rocky Mountain News is a tabloid. It had a lot of neocon bilge writers in it, whereas the Denver Post is more or less openly communist. That is, in, in America in 2009, 2009, it's always on the side of the illegal aliens and, you know, expanding garbage mass transit and not printing the facts about the marauding gangs of niggers who have also attacked white people in Denver and, and in certain portions of the city. So some of the worst columnists from the Rocky Mountain News are already going to be employed by the Denver Post. And it's just great to see nationwide. This is just one paper, but it's happening everywhere. The New York Times has lost a huge amount of money in the last year. It's just absolutely wonderful. These are the worst people in the world. They utterly deserve to be executed. I, I, I'm not kidding or exaggerating in the slightest. In the slightest. I would gladly, happily, merrily machine gun everyone who works for the mass media. They deserve it. Totally deserve it. And I'm not a violent person. I don't. I only talk about stuff where I believe it's objectively indicated, but they absolutely deserve to be slaughtered. So, so great and so irresponsible has been their lying over the last 30, 40 years, my entire life. They will not present one thing accurately, and if, you, and if you've done dozens of interviews, they will always mischaracterize what you say. They are only interested in using one little tiny quote from you to further their own agenda. They're absolutely nasty little communist thugs. A reporter, an analyst, a writer, no, nah, they're commie thugs. They're little punks. They're little parrots repeating an agenda. They're very much like, you know, uh, Orwell said about the young women who are the most obnoxious, ideological little hellcats uh, 
of all. And that, that I have found to be absolutely true. The, the men, the men in journalism are like, the liberal men are at least cynical enough. They, they know they're, they're fucking you. They're, they, they know that they're lying commie scumbags. The women, they're just fucking little ideological little parrots. Hey, you know how- stamped out by a machine. They're just evil, evil little bastards. I, I'm not <laughs> kidding. I would, I would gratefully, if I was the head of a white revolutionary community, I would line these motherfuckers up against the wall and a Waltley machine gun all of them. And I'd record it on tape and I'd pass out that DVD to the public free of charge. They utterly deserve it. All of them. This absolute scumbag, dishonest little losers who deserve to be machine gunned. Alex, I found a video of them at the New York Times had a booth. It wasn't a booth. It was a very fancy tent structure. It looked like it was black with very fine gold or white print and, you know, in a nice script. And it was at the Folsom Street Fair in San Francisco and the anarchists had gone there to protest that children were allowed in. So in snippets of this video, you know, it shows uh, faggots riding in on a bicycle with their, you know, balls bifurcated by the bicycle seat, I guess. I know all about the Folsom Street Fair. Yeah, you do. Well, anyway, this was just last fall when they knew that they were bleeding and then that Mexican billionaire who's the richest guy in the world now with his cell phone thing, uh, his business, uh, he he injected a lot of money to him. But uh, it's absolutely bizarre that they would even, I mean, if you you were a company going broke and watching your money, what do you do? Well, for sure, we got to have a presence this year out at the Folsom Street, you know, fag bash. Mm -hmm. That's bizarre. Well, this is is the thing. What what we've said many times here in Goyfire, people need to understand, is the media are not driven by profits. Their number one drive is the political agenda they serve, and that is doing whatever is good for Jews. And since Jews believe it's best for Jews not to live in a white majority country, not to live in a Christian country, anything that helps sustain Euro-Christian America, they seek to destroy. That's the underlying agenda of all these media, and it's far more important than profits. The Jews have set up these left-wing school of media criticism says no, says no, says no, the media being concentrated and driven by the need for profits, but that can easily be proved proved false. We've done it many times. Remember, the media would not help Mel Gibson, even though his movie made literally a billion dollars. The Jews did everything they could to thwart it, not produce it. So profits runs a distant, far, and small, small place to the political agenda by the mass media, because a tiny, hated, hostile, alien, elite minority needs to control the media in order to twist politics in its favor, because people will never vote for it if they lay it out honestly. Ordinary white people will never vote for communism. They'll never vote to open the border. They'll never vote for affirmative action. And so the Jews know this. They have to control the media to lie media to lie media to lie media to us through the politicians they purchase. It's absolutely wonderful to see in a t- uh, rough economic time to see all of their newspapers going out of business. But uh, let's let's uh, not kid ourselves. They're not going out of business because they're spewing lefty c- communist agitprop. That's only a con- minor contributing factor. The main reason is that the advertising models that sustain newspapers in the past don't pass don't newspapers don't really bring people news so they're not so anxious to pay for them especially in rough times so the newspapers can't get enough 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 their bills and remember when you buy a newspaper or when you buy any kind of political magazine what you're buying is very heavily subsidized your costs are only paying enough to basically print the newspaper or paper paper the rest of the cost the salary and the building and, uh, and the reporting and all the rest of that stuff that has to be paid for by the advertiser so the subscribers are only paying probably 20 25 percent of the true costs of getting that newspaper out there so there aren't so many all the retailers and whatever and the rest of these people are going bust so they don't have the money to buy the ads and even if they if they do have their advertising budget is better spent in other places because more people especially more white males with money are going online to get stuff so it was this past week they say uh, teens now are seven and a half hours per day on the internet so so 
Yeah. We, we talked about that for four years of Goy Fire, too, how the media was going down. I didn't think it would go down this quick and this completely. I mean, it's just really sweepingly going down, not only the media, but the banks, the, uh, yeah. and it, the, it banks, makes the country, everything. Yeah. It makes sense because news isn't news. I mean, you if you want news, you go to Google or whatever your favorite portal is, and you just click on news and you read the top stories. You don't have to wait 24 hours to get some dead tree print in your yard and pay for it. So, And there, for that reason, and also the loss of classified ad revenue is now going to other places of the Jew-owned Craigslist. So in a lot of ways, it's just a transfer of money from these Jews to these other Jews. But still in all, it's good to see the uh, these evil Jewish papers being driven out of out of existence. Remember, like 100 years ago, a lot of the major cities like San Francisco or New York would have five or six dailies. And the Chronicle's going down now, too, the San Francisco Chronicle, right? We yeah, that. yeah. I mean, uh, virtually across the board, papers are having problems. But I think, Aegis, did you say today that the San Francisco Chronicle is shutting down? I know it was speculated last week. Yeah, Hearst p- plans to slash, sell, or shut paper in Bay Yeah, and, and so the thing is here, already we uh, look at the big picture. There are, there are now, what, about probably 1,500 newspapers, majors, majors, major, major, 1,500 daily papers. There used to be a lot more than that at the turn of the set, the turn of the set, the turn of the set, the set of population in America, but we didn't have the internet and the rest of this stuff, so everybody would take a paper. A lot of them were in different languages, but there was a lot of reading going on. Today, that's all shifted to the internet, and the dailies are being concentrated in, you know, a number of of, uh, of uh, companies that can get at, at printing. They, they can like, a, say, the paper, paper here, paper serving, you know, I don't know, rural areas in America or whatever, but what am I trying to say? I'm, I'm trying to say that there are a number of chains, that's the word I'm looking for, there are a number of newspaper chains that might own a bunch of dailies, and they get breaks because they can mass their ink and their printing services and there's a handful of uh, major papers but they're all experiencing the same pressure for the same reasons and it's just great to see so many of them driven out of business literally and whereas major cities a hundred years ago might have had four or five daily papers today at most they have one paper some of them don't even have any papers that's how bad it's gotten and it's just it's a great thing to see right and it's it putting the, the information into the blogosphere where theoretically people like us can get just as many hits as they can. Just what I was going to say, just citizen journalism time. It, yeah, it's theori- it's theoretical. I mean, the, the fact is, you can make the rounds of whatever your favorite sites are and, and get news from there, and that's what people are doing, but the, the ones dominating are still controlled by the same basic sources. They're still uh, even even online. There be, may be a few new players, but Google is owned by Jews. Uh, Yahoo, I'm not sure about, but uh, MSNBC, Fox, all of these are the major players online. Well, they're here, they're the trying to cover the choke points as they did before, but still Still, I think it's a lot easier for people to get information out there as it was before where, I mean, as so, you were saying, that the, the pulp paper industries were so enormously capital intensive uh, that it was quite prohibitive uh, for... Well, yeah, it, it, it's, it, it doesn't make much economic sense to have a paper. I mean, in fact, the, the ASNE or whatever it is, American Society of Newspaper Editors, they canceled their, their annual trade show this year, which is a sign of how absolutely horrible things have gotten. And, you know, it's wonderful. Every year they'd hold their little trade convention and all the editors would go there. How do we grow our reading list? Well, it's always by doing more stuff to serve diversity in the youth markets. You know, exactly the people who don't read. It's very much like the Republicans. So how do we expand our voter base? Well, we need to, we need to make a, a hip-hop presence. Go after the hip-hop crowd <laughs> is what their, the new nigger head of the, of the uh, Republican National Committee says. I mean, this is absolutely insane. You know, the people who, who vote Republican are white males. But, of course, since the Republicans are controlled by Jews, they're becoming just me too, brown first anti-white socialist because the Jews won't allow them to uh, do what would otherwise be obvious and natural, which is appeal to the white majority and represent their interests. Whites don't have anyone represent
representing their interests, whether in media or whether in politics proper. Alex, that's the key facts of, uh, about this show. This is why this show exists to point this out. Point this out. I mean, there's 200 white million white people in America. Why isn't there a party that will overtly, publicly defend their interests? Alex, I, mean, I have relatives in Missouri who are so sick, and, and I'm about to write some of them a letter and say, you know, how do you feel about voting for Obama now? Because all these new taxes, right? And yeah. uh, I know my mother would say, shh, she'd say, she'd realize this. She says, it doesn't matter. You know, in other words, not only are they willing to lose money over it, I mean, a huge, you know, basically tens of thousands of dollars. Many white Americans who voted for him will lose tens of thousands just on his taxes, hundreds of thousands, millions. But if you bring it up to him, you're the bad person for reminding him about it. This is, I mean, these people are really, really uh, twisted around in, the, in their brains. So many yeah, ways well, to lose. Yeah. They, you know, Obama's come in and it's the standard class warfare. They're always going to say the rich aren't paying their share. And God knows it. God knows it's the case to make when you see all these Jewish billionaires being bailed out with federal money. So <laughs> the, the low level people who, who don't can't see the big picture, all big picture, all big picture. Yeah. Soak the rich. What they don't grasp is that, look, there's only a minority of people who are intelligent and have the drive and initiative to set up and start businesses that employ everybody else. So the Democrats come along and they appeal to the the, the common street scum and say, look, this guy's buying a yacht. They don't tell you, yeah, Bucker, yachts need to be taken care of. Where, where, who do you think does that? The rich guy doesn't do it. They pay, pay people to do that. And that's basically how all human relations are hierarchical and they're, they're, you know, there's alpha males and there's beta males and there's theta males and there's delta males and everybody just find your position. It's like any other kind of species. There's a slot for you and just do your thing and, and be happy about it. But no, they got to they gotta go. The worst shall be first and the old Marxist idea. So they're going to soak the rich and of course, going to come out in public, and all the Jews are going to back them. Oh, we're only going to tax, you know, uh, those making over two hundred fifty thousand. I guarantee you can bet your life, and half that shit's going to be hidden, you know, in just the way that, like, if you buy gas, you know, forty cents a gallon of that goes to the feds. There's all kinds of hidden taxes. They will increase all of those. They will, and, and two hundred fifty thousand isn't even that much. On that much, people who own the small businesses that employ most of America are going to have more than two hundred fifty thousand dollars in income. It doesn't necessarily mean they're rich or that rich. And, you know, they're going to soak the productive people in order to aid the uh, the ferals and the scum. And that's just what socialists do. Tax, tax, spend, spend, elect, elect. And lie, lie, I would add to it. Right. And you've got, you have a functioning tyranny when you have the media entirely in lockstep with the government. And the government, everything is the government's response. See, this is what the Jews want. The Jews want everything to be run out of Washington so they can have complete control and they can nip any kind of anti-Semitism in the bud. They don't like white people with millions of dollars living on landed estates, those po- form a competing power center with the Jews. So they always work to undermine every other class in society in order to strengthen and entrench their own position. They to understand, we have to de-yoke ourselves from the Jews. And the rest of them, too. Yeah, and, them. and we focus here on Goyfire and the Jews because the, the other ones are a headless community. Yeah. Obama o- only exists and it has power because the Jews use him. It's On his own, he's not going to be able to raise the money or find the people to help him. But as part of a functioning Jewish network, uh, they, they can play it up like it's him, but it's not real estate billionaires behind him supplying him the money. It's the Axelrods supplying him the strategy. It's the Rahm Emanuels giving him the actual whispering in the ear and the leadership telling him what to do. And it's the Jews at the Washington Post running interference for him. The Jews at the New York Times providing cover for him because he's carrying out their agenda. So it's not Obama driving the train any more than it was George Bush, you know, going to war in Iran. That's the fucking neocons telling them what to do. And the, the same neocons who backed Bush are now, are now sucking up to Obama. 
Obama because they want more and more and more of this, more and more of this, more and more of this. this. But like the direction the country is going, you need to listen to what we're saying because what we're saying is is what can't be said in the controlled media because it's true. Because they don't want you to know in whose interest all the stuff is operated. And they have to keep the 90, 95% of the people fooled that, oh yeah, it really matters whether someone's black or white or Republican or, or Democrat or liberal or conservative. That really, really matters. And you, and you see in all the little forms, all the people going at each other, the Bush lovers go, go after the Obama lovers and the Obama lovers hate on the Bush people. They're utterly being manipulated. There's not a dime's worth of difference between Keith Olbermann and Bill O'Reilly any more than there is between Barack Obama bring a foreign hostile power or a hostile if you're an ordinary average white like those we should have listening to this show we're tell we're telling you your true interests and who is or isn't defending them so yeah well getting back to these media uh, developments of uh, the old papers going out and the new coming in we have your podcast Adam Carolla uh, podcast which has become quite popular Alex you've been following Alex. this development Th- this is this is interesting I just want to talk a little about this uh, Adam Carolla I he's one of a couple of mainstream guys that I listen to and I don't I, I just like the sound of his voice and and I, I really I really I really we've been doing it long before uh, Carol ever thought of it or a lot of these people we <coughs> ages we we had our show originally up on stuff until we got kicked off but podcast is really good stuff because mainstream radio is the format requires you be constantly interrupted by commercials so you can never really focus on anything it's very much if you think about it it's kind of parallel to a school day where you get 50 minutes and then you constant bells ringing get up do this taking attendance so there's no never any time to actually focus on the content with podcasts you can subscribe to it automatically have it delivered to you listen to long stretches that are absolutely commercial free now what happened was you may remember i did the radio interview with uh, conway and whitman well the station those clowns were on uh was the same one that employed adam carolla and a bunch of friday frosty heidi frock and a, tom Likas and some others in southern california what happened was the suits at cbs in new york decided they could have a better chance of making more money by dumping the talk radio the talk fm radio and going with a top 40. And so they basically fired all, all of these talk show hosts. And the only one I ever listened to was Adam Carolla because he, he has some right-wing stuff that he does. He, he'll say he's anti-racist, whatever. But in fact, he, uh, he'll make a number of our points in a veiled way while only within the context of claiming he's not uh, that he's not uh, anti-Semitic. But yeah, he sounds like an he was, Adam Curry type of, you know, goy. Yeah, he's roughly equivalent. Adam Curry did the man show on Comedy Central. He did it with Jimmy Kimmel. Kimmel went on to host a he's still hosting a, a night show on it, ABC show on ABC show on ABC type thing. Uh, but there's a there's a whole network of these guys who are all friends and they they do their various thing for ESPN and ABC and and uh, et cetera et cetera et cetera et cetera. Anyway, last week Corolla's show on this radio station in LA ended and it was just interesting. In one of his last, uh, they had it archived at the station. I, I was 95.1 out there. You can actually find it if you Google Adam Carolla. You can listen to his last couple of shows. But he was just talking about how LA. Let me let me let me put it in the proper context before discussing the content. Of the point here is CBS basically fired all these white talk show hosts. The only thing that makes money in L.A., as Carollo is saying, is basically ranchero music, which is that awful Mexican accordion music, and and uh, Top 40, uh, you know, Timberlake and, and Britney Spears. And so what Carollo is saying is basically there's no market for anything that's semi-intelligent. So he went to doing podcasts last week, his first week after being fired, and he had over a million downloads. So it basically he shot to number one in the podcast download thing because he does, he does a very good ranting like we do here at Goyfire, and he does uh, 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 commentary mixed in with a lot of sexual shit that's juice safe, of course. But uh, it was just funny. In his last show, he was just talking about how talking about how two types of people in LA. There's basically there's Mexicans and there's dumb people. And of course, he, he he's like, yeah, there could be some overlap. But you know, basically, in one of them, and like I'm saying, you can find these and download them, or you can go to his, can go to his, can 
go to his com and listen to his uh, uh, CorollaRadio.com also. Some of his rants. He does a pretty good job. He has, he's a pretty funny guy. That's why I listen to him. There's actually not very much good humor out there anymore. P.G. O'Rourke is now like about 90 and just 90 and just being funny about 20 years ago. Well, 10 years ago. 10 years ago. 10 years kids and just carried water for the neocons. But Corolla actually is pretty funny. I like listening to him. And his, on his uh, his mainstream show, he actually had this kike. It, it's funny because he t- he touched stuff in a number of, uh, of ways where if, if you know what we're talking about, you, you can very much see stuff that he probably doesn't even see himself. But like he's got, he had a boss at, at the, uh, the LA show named Jack Silver, who's obviously a Jew, who obviously more or less forced him to hire on this Jew broad, Teresa Strasser, who is basically disliked. If you go to his site and read the comments under under his podcast, 50% of his listeners don't even like this kike who is working with him, along with enough, along with enough. You just see that Jews are, again, they're hiring their own and talent has nothing to do with it in the mass media. They have to carry out the agenda. She's a typical Jew broad, super neurotic, super hostile to others. And there's one funny segment on there I heard where like they had some kind of bitch bag session where all the people at their radio station could put something in a put a, a criticism of one of the members at the station into a bag each week and then they, the one who got the most they would read all the complaints on air and this Jew broad was was the winner one week and they were all criticizing her and she literally couldn't take it it was such a perfect example of how all Jews are like that they absolutely cannot stand any criticism of themselves she was literally crying on air <laughs> because they can't face the truth about themselves and you just see how this people was able to put across something like the Holocaust oh my it's god all, it was anti-Semitic that, yeah, that's where the all, crying comes in huh when you criticize them yeah exactly <laughs> if you actually force them to confront the, the bunch of evil liars they break down that and sounds so wrong the, they have to control the media and put out these lies and all that's when Whitey's empathy kicks in huh when he sees the tears <laughs> pity the poor Jew just don't beat him up anymore he, oh my he's god. basically like an average type you know Italian white guy and he has the normal biases that most of us normal white guys have and she's this this kike so she's always throwing these little politically correct little snippets and it's just funny and you can see that like okay that like obviously forced him to hire the Jew Silver forced him to hire Jew Strasser she's your typical lefty San Francisco Jew chick and believe me I work with a lot of those at college they're my editor on my paper when I was when I was in school and I know I know what they're like they're humorless not very bright and they're totally feminist and politically correct and so here the people who think the media is driven by profits well if the media were driven by profits they wouldn't have these Jews on who no one agrees with. They're not there because they're talented or smart. They're just there because they push through the agenda. So every time Corolla says something that's mildly racist, knock him down. The chick has no comedic timing at all. She's always stomping on him if he's going on a good rant. It's just funny to see. If you if you know what we know from, from us teaching you here at Goy Fire, you can listen to that and you can very easily read between the lines. But it's just funny that like in his last couple of shows, he became a little more vociferous. He repeated on a little louder note, like the same stuff he'd said in a more veiled way before about look how he's like, ah, I'll have diversity. That's the problem. You know, it's it, LA is becoming too Mexican. He's like, you know, I wouldn't care if it was Polish people. If it were if it percent Polish and that's all you could find, that's not good. I want diversity. I want different types of people. And LA is just becoming saturated with Mexicans. So he's making basically a racist point, but carefully couching it in a non-racist way. And uh, interesting, he leaves that and goes to podcasting. He had over a, a million downloads of uh, of uh, his show. And it shows you there, there really is a market out there for something that's a little straighter. If you can combine any kind of humor with something that's basically straight analysis there's plenty of a market for it so kind of i like watch that with grand trino in which he just goes on racist rants all in the name of uh, delving into his uh, 
sensitive self. Uh, yeah, I haven't I haven't seen that show. I'm assuming, but, but ultimate, but ultimate, but ultimate does in all of his other movies, and he accepts that the, the gooks have a right to be here, and and you know they're still portraying him, the real American, as someone who's who's the weirdo or the weirdo. Well, another Obama uh, pick was uh, Julius Jenachowski to head the FCC, and apparently he's uh, going to be cracking down on the internet as soon as he can uh, to stop people from being entertained by pod- podcasts such as those that we just talked about. And here's a quote we have here. Uh, uh, according to Bloomberg.com, the FCC may turn to decreasing Americans' access to high-speed internet service once the pressure from the digital television transition eases. Obama has made broadband a cornerstone of his plan uh, to boost U.S. competitiveness. It is unacceptable that the nation ranks 15th worldwide in high-speed Internet adoption rates. Uh, He said in a December 6th speech, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, a California Democrat, has said broadband funds will be part of the economic stimulus package Congress intends to take up this month. Uh, Chain, I know you've been following this guy. Yeah, let me just say right off a little aside that here in Estonia they mandated, I think it was two years ago in October, that every farm village in the country, every farmhouse everywhere in the country had to have broadband access by two years ago in October. And this is a podunk little, uh, you know, country, practically a city-state with 1,100,000 people in residence. So uh, if, if that wealthy country, the United States still couldn't do it. But about Janikowski, this fairness and doctrine on the internet, Waxman wants him to do it. Waxman is a Jew. He's on the uh, Commerce Committee. He's the chair of Energy and Commerce. And Waxman, you may remember, there, there was the uh, 21-year-old arms dealer Jew, another Goyfar story we did, who was uh, had a $300 million contract for selling uh, Chinese <laughs> ammunition through Albania is where he acquired it. Chinese manufactured, obsolete manufactured 30 years ago, I think it was, to our guys in Afghan. Well, that guy went up before Waxman, and nothing has ever heard about him again. I suppose he got a three weeks community service. But Jenna Kowalski, by the way, he is a Jew. He went to school with uh, Obama, uh, both at Columbia and Harvard. Uh, at Harvard, he was the notes editor when Obama was the leader of the law review, and Obama had no article in that law review, by the way, in all his years there, no major article. And uh, Jenna Kowalski is married to Rachel Goslins, who made a movie about Alabama's homecoming queen, some negress applies, and, and uh, all her travails in Obama. Girl. Yeah, Bama girl, Bama girl. Now, she made it in 2008. And by the way, her husband was the head for the 2008 presidential campaign. of the. Uh, he was the chairman of the Technology, Media, and Telecommunication Policy Working Group that created the Obama Technology and Innovation Plan. Uh, so he, he also ad- advised and guided, I'm reading from Wikipedia, the Obama campaign's innovative use of technology and the Internet for grassroots engagement and participation. I'll tell you what they were doing. They were pushing SMS messages through the website. You can still go to Obama's uh, forum and you'll see that a lot of them want to literally pull InfoWars and uh, PrisonPlanet.com off the, uh, just literally shut them down. And, th- and you know, they don't get kicked off the forum or anything for saying this. And this is the official forum of Obama. And Obama had all these, the, the Jews, in fact, we got the videos, we have the videos up at Pod Blanc about this case. There, there's a whole consortium of blues, or what was it called? Blue something uh, technology. 
And uh, these guys came out of the Howard Dean campaign. And Howard Dean's wife is a Jewish physician. But anyway, uh, they got some experience on the internet with that. Uh, basically, they're radical leftists, and their Janachowski is kind of like underlings. So this Bama Girl uh, movie that his wife made, Janachowski's wife, uh, uh, again, it's kind of funny how it has the title Bama Girl, and then there was the Bama Girl video, you know, both coming out kind of the same time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they, they're again, they're dealing with the South and, and Whitey's uh, ideas about race and how unfair we are. Husband and wife, Kaika's team. And now he's going to be in charge of censoring the internet. Waxman is right in there with Jane Harmon, the Jewish lawyer from California, who's a uh, member of the House of Representatives who started H.R. 1955, which has now passed and is S. 1959 in the Senate. And that's the Violent Radicalization and Homegrown Terrorism Act. They're going to stop whites. Any kind of adjectives you use, they can say that's a crime, just like they're doing to Bill White. I hope Alex will talk about that because Bill, all he did, well, not all, there, he's having been accused to do, but basically he wrote this nigger mayor a letter and said he looks forward to the day when uh, people will be tarred and feathered again. Fuck, you can say that under the First Amendment, but all they have to do now is haul, haul a white person up in front of a nigger jury like they did in Matt Hale, and uh, that's all she wrote. The Bill White shows is basically they are going to use any personal contact you might make to anybody on their side and construe that as a threat. Right. And if they can string two or three of those together, they feel like they've got enough to make a federal case, even yeah. though, even individually and collectively, what was done was certainly legal. Well, they know that, but I mean, these are these are corrupt. They're they're killers and liars. That's what they do. That's their business and business is good so everybody but, but Alex, she's, going in. now they put the average white guy up you, you made this point a few minutes ago you said you can either stand up to it now or, or later because they're not going to let you get away but but they feel that they're in the quandary if i stand up now they're going to ruin me you know the thing is they the penalty is pretty close to crossing the penalty for simply exterminating the enemy so about that i mean white's thrown in jail who knows what's going to happen maybe he'll plea bargain or whatever i don't know what's going to happen on that that, but you know he's in jail for using his free speech just as horse Mahler in Germany is in jail for using his free speech these people are serving more time than convicted nigger murderers serve so you might as well almost kill someone as criticize them or th that's certainly the direction in which the Jews are pushing things they don't make any distinction between murder and criticism so there are the only distinction that the distinction that is still sustained by law is basically yeah if you talk in general terms they can't do anything to you but the minute you start mentioning specific people, then they're going to construe that as, uh, you know, a threat. You know, I, I'm sure that on the program, they, they've got me on, they can put me up on municipal charges. For example, they could say, oh, Baltimore was offended by what you said, and under the Baltimore statute, and then, you know, a state could back it up too, say, that's right, right? in the state of uh, Maryland. And as you say, they just string three of those, oh, you're wanted in three states, it must be bad. And then they just bundle, just like they're bundling fucking mortgages and pushing it off on the white European banks. It's really kind of the analogous when you think well, about I, it. Well, I think that the people have been so brainwashed that they they accept what the government says and it's not a matter of intelligence even very smart white people with phds are still basically sheep and if the prosecutor says this is a bad man we have to stop this evil nazi racist hater extremist we have to stop him and that's where you come in you know and the, these little 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 puffkins their role they're doing their part in stopping hate there's just a limitless capacity for being brainwashed exhibited by most americans <laughs> right and they're always uh, billing us as the small problem that can 
just easily be solved. Just, you know, take this hater out and everything will be, uh, you know, a utopia again. Then multiculturalism will work. Well, we, we we have now, we have American version of communism. It's it's the same stuff they were doing in the Soviet Union. It's just by slightly different measures. And the, the Jews have learned from their experience in operating the, the USSR for all those decades. They're doing the same thing yeah. and the same agenda, but they're just, they're they're implementing it differently here in a, in a more American way, a way that you have to use the established forms to, to carry out their agenda. But the, but they're very, they're very good at doing that. They know how to fill, how to feather things in carefully. They they understand that you don't want abrupt breaks with the past. What you want to do is slowly, subtly, degree by degree, change people's attitudes and opinions through the use of TV, use of TV, use of preaching from the, the presidential presidential just pulpit. And that's how they do. They're very good at what they do. They, they've established a very nice system of control to where it's not like totally evident, like a trap in the grass or something, or, or the, the little threads that are invisibly, you know, they're one by one, they're tying down the Gulliver, the goyish giant while he's sleeping. So he wakes up and finds that he's trapped by these Lilliputians, the Jews. <laughs> Very good analogy, yeah. No, but and, you're and right, they're, co- they're cooking the frog. Uh, that, that's another analogy that's pretty that's well another one, yeah. Degree by degree, they're turning up the water in, in the pan that the frog is sitting in so he doesn't recognize and gets cooked. But yeah, that's our, our goal here is to teach you what is actually going on so that you can protect yourself in your own community. And we're, we're not hiding the fact that ultimately the only thing that can work for us is complete, utter separation from these Jews, whether we simply slew them all, slay them all, which is what I advise, or, or we, you know, short of that, we at least get rid of them, physically separate from them. We have to have a white country led by white people who think the way we here are talking at Goyfire. Well, that starts with identifying them and uh, attaching uh, less than generous motives to their actions. And it's it's not hard to do. Once you understand what drives Jews, uh, it, it's very easy to put the name. That It's just that all the official media, including most, and, and in many ways, this is the most powerful tool they have, is that they can control not just the communist left and those liberals you love to hate they control the paleo conservative right as well as the neocon right as well as the as well as the left so this is what it's not easy for people to see but here's here's an example i mean what we were seeing was a, a reader of vnn and a commenter at a number of places like majority rights and stuff captain chaos was the dominant figure responding to the people at say taki mag taki is greek he was born born the son of a billionaire he's got all kinds of money he uses the money to fund the american conservative and then he pulled out of that and left them to their own devices and funded his own now. Now he funds Takimag. Takimag, Takimag.com is a paleoconservative site. They pay a number of different people, including religious conservative John Zmirak and Richard Spencer, a couple of Yale, Yaleys, as they call themselves. And they're they're smart, but they're very careful people, and they don't indulge in any criticism of the Jew. And what Taki ended up doing was over Christmas, he shut down all the comments. I used to go over there and have fun just tweaking them and leaving comments, even comments, different names, and then they would always IP ban me, and I'd get back in there and leave more comments. comments. I do it most successfully, or at least he got a lot of his through, is a guy called Captain Chaos. You can find commenting at VNN and other places, majority rights. Uh, but uh, Taki put out the word to the the uh, Richard Spencer who runs Taki Mag that they're not to allow any more comments. So the reason I'm going into, into all this is to explain to you, explain to you, concerns are just as controlled by Jews as anything else. They can't allow free comment because it will show what they're not telling you. They are posing as opposition to the ruling system, but they're not. They're part of it. And that's a, that's a crucial understanding because most whites most whites that face value and they believe that there's a real dimes worth of difference between Fox News and MSNBC no they're exactly the same thing they're 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 a little bit facially and on the sur- surface superficially but in reality they're exactly the same thing Keith Olbermann and Bill O'Reilly are both anti-racist anybody who's anti-racist is your enemy racist
anti-Semitism is a propaganda term invented by Leon Trotsky, a Jewish communist, in order to smear anyone who observes differences between races and who observes that whites exist and have their own interests. The communists don't want you talking or thinking like that. That's why they coined the term racist, in order to smear and stigmatize, isolate and destroy anybody who's stuck to the old ways, where whites are a race basically different and superior to the other races, particularly the, the black race. And so Jews coined that, coined and popularized that. And again, they could have coined it all day long, but they had the control of the media to where they were able to popularize the smear racism so that today everybody who wants to be part of the official system of things, or at least be respectable as, as a fake opponent of the way things are, that, that is the, the Rush Limbaugh's and the Bill O'Reilly's, has to agree not to be racist. So they all play along as though this communist term of opprobrium, this communist coin smear, actually means something. It is, it is more just an agitprop smear word. And right. so anybody who accepts that way of things will never truly be a true and will in fact sustain and support it, whether he agrees with that or not. Yeah, they, they give the appearance of a dichotomy, yet have that, that, that system of core values that is non-disputable. But that and, is, and, in fact, and, the, the core yeah. party. <laughs> and I think many of, them don't, many of them don't even realize that. They're, they're honest people, and as far as they know, you can take things at face value. Face value here from authority and CNTV is utterly valid. And we're here, no listening to this program should walk down, and the true forces doing battle here are the awakened whites as we are and the Jews. The Republicans, the conservatives, the Rush Limbaugh, all those, no, those are on the side of the Jews, whether they realize it or not. And believe me, plenty of them realize that they are simply carers, care rudder for the rudder or for the rudder of America, the Jews. Right, in the 20, core, core values are, are the totalitarianism of the system. In 20 or 25 years, when whites', whites numbers are even further reduced, and it will become more obvious, and also the cultural clashes in the remaining white countries will become more obvious, which haven't been as severely invaded as some of the ruined countries, U.S., U.K., Netherlands, and France, come to mind. Well, by then, it, it will be more fashionable, because we'll have worked at this for 20 or 25 years, or, or the people who are doing it after we're gone. Okay, okay so in these future decades coming upon us now, if we do not refute one way or the other the idea that uh, it's a multicult brown world, then we're going to be swamped and we're going to pass into non-existence. That's literally true. As uncomfortable as anyone listening might think it is, or will have to be to, uh, you know, gainsay all of these multicultural ideas or, or this James Mishner golden world, if you don't do it, it's just going to get worse and worse and worse and worse to the point where, where multi-millionaires will come in and snatch up the last few beautiful Aryan beauties uh, as if they're some kind of exotic animal. And it's really, no, really no, Craig, with the election, with, with the election of Obama, we've we've transcended race. We've moved beyond it. We're now in a post-racial world. Didn't you know that? You know, come over here this spring or summer and visit, Alex, and <laughs> look at these women and tell me that because uh, you really feel like you have a lot more to defend. I bet you really get fired up about it. Well, they're, they're so incredibly beautiful compared to, to the average Quan. I mean, it's like California in 1965. Mm-hmm. And, and Jane, I think you're talking about eugenics. Oh my God, Alex Jones eugenics, is going right. to have a whole show about this. I'm sick of seeing Hottentots all over YouTube and television. Everywhere you go, leaping bonobos. They're fucking pump gas in the United States and you see leaping bonobos from MTV. Stand in the grocery checkout. There they are on the screens. Are you talking about the ones with the Kevlar wig hats? Yeah, I'm talking about all of them, man. It's yeah. so many, so many. I mean, it's like a science fiction movie. Invasion from outer space or something. Yeah, well, you know, one genocide leads to another and here we have uh, 13,000 year old tools unearthed at Colorado home. Uh, landscapers are were digging a hole for a fish pond in the front yard of a boulder home last May when they heard a chink that didn't sound right. Some just, just some lost tools, some 3,000 year old lost tools. 
No, 13,000 year old. Oh, sorry. 13,000 year old law stools. My jaw, uh, <clears throat> my jaw just dropped, said CU anthropologist Douglas Bamworth. I guess he has, t- he deals with the bones of anthropology, not Boazian anthropology. Um, the cache is one of only a handful of Clovis age artifacts uncovered in North America, said Bamforth. The tools reveal an unexpected level of sophistication, Bamforth said. Uh, describing the design as unnecessarily complicated, artistic, and utilitarian at the same time. Ergonomically designed, they said. They said when you clasped your hand around it, and they were hunting camels, they recently found out you, right? They just, yeah. What re- Camels in North America and mastodons. Right. Wow. What researchers found on the tools was also significant. Biochemical analysis of blood and other protein residue reveal the tools were used to butcher camels, horses, sheep, and bears. That proves that the Clovis people ate more than just woolly mammoth meat for dinner, something scientists were unable to confirm before. I wanted to say, too, at Pod Blanc, there are a series of videos called Aryan Genesis Ice Age. I think I might have gotten a couple, but yeah, I think that's it. Aryan Genesis Ice Age. Search it on the Scroogle. It's a Discovery Channel, I think, 12-part video. Incredibly beautiful about how our ancestors migrated across the ice 22,000 years ago, found a one-mile-high ice wall. They hunted seals across the way and ate raw seal meat, as the Eskimos still do. Some Inuit, they considered a delicacy. It's just an incredible odyssey, and they did it from off the island of Karnak, the coast of France. Remember Johnny Carson's, wasn't it Karnak? Uh, you know, that's what that is, I guess, a takeoff on that, uh, from that name. It's a city still in France, and there was an island off it that when the Ice Age melted, well, it wasn't an island then. It got, you know, most of it submerged, but there are still monoliths there, similar to Stonehenge. And then the entire Atlantic Ocean was frozen in the winter, but in the summer, uh, it, it was enough they could use a sealskin kayaks and go along it. And sometimes they would get frozen during the journey, and then they'd continue on ice. So various bands of them arrived in North America. And then there's another video over there about they found these same tools, salutrine, they believe, in the bottom of an Everglades uh, swamp. Or, no, pardon me, this was in uh, land next to the swamp, but they found some, I think, underwater as well, but the largest cache cleared down in the Everglades. So these are like Ice Age guys going down there on some sort of a tropical hiatus even then because it was tropical down there. Oh, okay, so Craig. It's quite amazing, yeah. Craig, give give in relation to this question of who peopled the Americas, who populated it first, who are the real and first Americans. What's well, the official it. story and what's the real story? That is the real story. That these are whites. These are our ancestors. These are our direct lineal ancestors and they've determined it from taking the mitochondrial DNA of American Indians and South and Central American Indians and Craig, are you are you down. saying that it will preserve the myth of the red man coming over here first, the red and yellow man being the real Americans or the Native Americans? They have to cover up. Yeah, they up. showed like they showed up like ten thousand years later and murdered us. That the, uh-huh. they genocided uh-huh. us out of existence. But that it's our, our memories are still in the mitochondrial DNA, and they can tell that it's not from like the 1600s or you know intercourses uh, between the 1500s, 1600s between whites and, and uh, Indians because the breakage level of the mitochondrial DNA. Mitochondrial means from the mother. So they know all of these things, but it's just like Galileo. They can't uh, tell the truth in the media, obviously the Jew media, but even in the academia because of this political correctness, just like it was during the day of Galileo or any other scientific, uh, in, you know, you name it, Copernicus or the various ones. Yeah, and of course, the Christians don't want to hear about it either, because that would uh, sort of refute the seven-day theory. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, Clovis was, uh, there's a bunch of different connections here. Clovis was a Frankish king who uh, united 
United Frankish tribes, and uh, Clovis, and New Mexico, was named after him. And, uh, and where does the name Clovis come from? I'm trying to understand this. What what does Clovis people mean? What is, where does that name come from? What is, well, there was an, talk about there Clovis? there were artifacts of this culture that they are now tying to the Salutrians in France that were first found in Clovis, New Mexico. Now, Clovis, New Mexico was named Clovis after a Frankish king. So, you can it's a, it's an easy way of remembering the connections to France and the Salutrians. Uh, and in fact, they are really one culture, uh, the Clovis and the Salutrian peoples. The Clovis peoples are the, the Frankish, I guess you could call them, <laughs> prehistoric Franks okay. that, that wandered uh, the Americas, and the Salutrians were their European counterparts. Okay, what do you want white Americans to believe about about the peopling of the Americas? What do, what do they want our kids to believe? We're all Indians. I mean, the, the, the Indians were there first. So so anything 13,000 years, see, that's usually the demarcation point. Anything older than 13,000 years, uh, really they don't want to talk about. But uh, very much they say, oh, there's not much known about it. But 13,000 years ago was uh, were the ones found in Clovis originally. Now, the ones in this picture that we're talking about uh, tonight, they look like Salutrian double-edged. And they sometimes found them in in uh, pits, ceremonial blades that were so thin they could not have been used for hunting, so they had religio significance, and they would bury them in pits with ochre over them, which is an iron oxide which has been baked to turn it to red. It's normally yellow, the iron oxide. They found those, I think, in Virginia and Kenosha, Wisconsin. So now there's Boulder, Colorado, fine. The, the fucking AP won't even uh, say, well, there's a great excitement to determine whether they're Salutrian or not. Damn, sons of bitches. They well, won't now, even now, yeah. yeah, they found those ochre pots. I know they found them up and down the East Coast, I believe, not just in... The, I didn't know they'd found them in Florida, but I know they found them in, like, Maine and, and I think Newfoundland, whatever. Basically, the, the lie in the cover story the Jews want to put out is that whites came over here from Europe in 1492 and genocided the original Americans, the, the Red Men. But what the facts are increasingly showing is they showing it's here 20,000 years ago. And the Jew story is that no, America was founded... After the last Ice Age began to, to recede, yellow and red men came over from Asia and populated the Americas. And they were the original Americans. But what the facts are starting to show is that, no, there was an earlier wave of people who came over from Salutrio, what is now France and Spain, and they came across over the northern Atlantic ice bridge, catching, 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 came down Americans before the Asians ever showed up after the last ice age. So the whites would have come over from Europe like 17,000 years ago, as opposed to uh, 9,000 years ago, say. So they're finding more and more physical evidence. And you just can't believe anything that you read in the Jew-controlled media because they have an interest in keeping their cover store going. So when skeletons that appear to be white or have European ancestry are found like Kennewick Man in Washington State, what the Clinton administration did was go in there and declare the site off limits and dump hundreds of tons, tons of rock and stone on there and try to give, under federal law, give the uh, bones of these white men to the Indians so that they could keep the cover store going that they were, rather than us, were the first Americans. So yes. whites listening to this, we were the original Americans. All the data is tending to show that now. And anyway... I'll come back to Missouri, here. Alex, and you and Rounder and I can open our own casino. Uh, yeah. Well, we <laughs> The Indians genocided us, yeah. but their store going and make us feel guilty. They can't admit the new evidence. But is it wasn't that guy, Dennis Stanford, who's one of the main proponents of this uh, Iberia, not Siberia, that is, they came over, Iberia is Spain and Portugal, France. Iberia replaces the old Siberian, that is, they came from Asia theory. Wasn't that guy going to write a book that was going to be released this spring, Dennis Stanford? 
Sanford, I believe is the guy's name. And he's he's obviously very careful of political considerations, but still he's basically arguing that Europeans were here first. As you know, he's got a, a laundry list of, of physical evidence to back that theory up. And I think he was going to come out with a book this spring. I don't know if it's out yet, and I'm not sure the name of it, but I'm pretty sure that I'm pretty sure that's about that on subsequent Goyfars. Let me. But, but, but I'll tell you this about this Aryan Genesis Ice Age series. I think Discovery Channel, 12 parts. We have it on Pod Blanc. At the end of that, you guys, the they show like 10, 12,000 years after the 22,000 year period have passed. You know, in other words, 10,000 years later, that is what when that, that would be. Uh, anyway, the Indians show up. You know, they, they trudge across there. So they're the Indians meet the whites. What, 12, 10,000 years later after Whitey's been there. And then after they murder and, and, and fucking re- and kill us out of existence, they said California forest fires have played a part in it too. Uh, then they don't want to tell the story. And even down in Peru, they found these tribes. The Incas t- talk about the red-haired uh, people that were there, and they all know it's true. La yeah, it's- Mexico, La Venta, Mexico, carved on... Uh, Huge monolithic uh, stones, uh, bearded Caucasians. Yeah, blue eyes. And, yeah, you know, they. they the, the I know one of those gods. tribes. One of those tribes had the myth of the the Ka people, who were you know like yellow bearded or red haired, blue eyed people who were ended up in a few caves and they they lost the struggle with the these Indians who killed them yeah. off. But that was the the name that they the Indians had for them was the Sitaka people. And I know they found like their remains in the. I think the Spirit Cave Spirit are an example of those people who were who were killed off in the in the intermountain mountain west thousands and thousands of years ago yeah so so the jews are so much into diversity why don't all their powerful media come why don't they have a fucking mtv special about all this wouldn't that be interesting murray rostein brings you a whitey was oh. here first <laughs> It shows you the fundamental dishonesty of, of Jewish people. They know that they are lying about Auschwitz, but it, they're not just lying about Auschwitz and the it, non-existent gas chambers, just as they lied about you know being made into soap and lampshades. They're lying about our own people as well as their own in order to maintain a cover story that leaves them in a position to dominate our future. He who controls the past controls the future, and what the Jews try to do is rewrite history to fit the story that is they can use to brainwash us into accepting their leadership, although it's veiled. So they are eternally the victims, we are eternally the bad guys and they should run things because we're a bunch of evil, hate-filled racists. Right. That's it, their story. It, and until we destroy them and break free of them, they're going to continue to lie to our kids and right. demoralize them. Right. They it's a moral attack. Do you see how they're attacking your kid? They're feeding him false history. They're advocating that he engage in actions that will endanger his physical and psychological health. Promiscuous sex and what have you and mixing with other inferior races. They're doing all of this because they are the real haters. We are the good guys. They are the bad guys. All you need to understand politics is six them, six them, six them, the bad guys. And once you can open your mind to entertain that possibility, don't take my word for it, as William Pierce used to say, go out and investigate for yourself. The Jews are the bad guys. Once you understand that, or once you apply that, every door from history and politics along those quarters, every single door will fall open under that key. You'll see, oh, what if the Jews aren't the good guys? What if they aren't the beset victims? What if they are the perpetrators of lies, of extermination, like at Katyn, Poland, where they tried to chop the head off the Polish people. What if the Jews aren't the good guys? What if the Jews are the bad guys? Can you open your mind to entertaining that possibility? Because all the evidence will back it up. We've given you 100 examples on today's show. We show you how Jews are querying the money supply. They're printing money. The Jews control the Fed. They print bogus money. Well, in the history books, they print bogus history. You understand how it all tends toward the same end, which is the, the rendering of you as a victim, subject to their schemes, fit only to live in the 
way that they allow you to live like you're some kind of stock animal? This is the reason we're doing this show. You know how, you uh, you know how Deke Jackson phrases it, Alex? Welcome Rothschild's cattle. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I, I, I hope people grasp, people grasp and profound a lie it is to lie not only about your origins, but to, to queer the money supply on you so that, yeah, you go out and work. Yeah, you, you, you work really, really hard. Like a lot of Americans, maybe you're working an $8 an hour job and, and you collect, you know, 200, 300 bucks a week. And then the Jews will just simply run off a few thousand dollars for themselves. Does that seem fair to you? That's exactly what's going on. They're stealing your purchasing power and turning it over to the niggers who will destroy you and blaming you for being a racist, for resenting any of this. Yeah, and don't forget buying up USA remaining assets for pennies on the dollar with our Jew billionaires all over the world. Yeah, you, you've got to protect yourself. I mean, look at gold. Gold is now, it, gold hit a thousand last year and then it receded, I don't know, eight, eight lower 800s, maybe 700s, and now it's back up there again. It was it was at a thousand last week, and it's uh, last I saw it was like nine forty two. But I don't know what the right thing to do to tell you about investing. But I you better have a little bit in each pot, and you, you, because the Jews are what the Jews are going to do is push roller coaster through. So the dollar's strong, now it's weak, now it's strong, and whatever they're going to do is try to escape, is try to escape, is try to escape get you doing the wrong thing. So whatever it is they're not talking about, that's probably what you want to be in. But always it's good to have real assets rather than they're all they all have a central bank, and the central bank always. Uh, prints money and the government's always run, they always do the, the Keynesianism, the deficit spending. They, they print money and they spend it on stuff and then they tell you, oh, we're stimulating the economy, but always the value of your the value of your dollar or whatever, whatever it is you own goes down. So these you know, are the ones who are in the stock market and now they've lost that the stock market is manipulated by Jews for their own ends and it's basically a kite casino. It's, it's a form of gambling and the Jews are the insiders at all these giant corporations. Believe me, by the time you know about some information they have already going to know, known about it and profited from it long ago. So you're always in danger of being suckered in that stuff. Alex, if, if I were in Kirksville, and I know because I grew up really close to Kirksville, if I walked into the Kirksville bank and I were some local businessman there and said, uh, you know, I have my uh, $85,000 account, I want to change it all to uh, a little mishmash. I want some Swiss francs. I want some Japanese yen. Even though they're not white, they always produce things and they're homogeneous. They're not affected by all this multi-cult crap and they know they have to produce stuff because they live on an island. So I want some Japanese yen even though they're going down right now and uh, I want some Chinese yuan and, and I want a little bit of this and that and some gold and silver. The fucking local banker will look at you like, you know, maybe he can get you committed in Kirksville if he picks up the phone. Uh, no, yeah. The only the only option they have here is get our CD for six months at like 2.3% or something like that. I mean, and that's what a lot of the, the old deal. people do. Yeah, but I, well, even if a guy got past the emotionalism of divesting himself of his own national currency, even though that it's 100% certain it's going to be high inflated before probably 12 months, maybe 18, maybe as little as four or five. Even if he, if the guy emotionally got to the point where he could make the decision, anybody who, even if you live in a big city, they'll make it inconvenient for Although The fee for that is 10%, you know, to change that. You know, they no, have all right, kinds yeah, of... Every which way you look, they're trying to bankrupt you. If yeah, you have they, a house, they're raising the taxes. If you, yeah. you you have something saved, they're debasing the currency. They're, yeah, they're honestly, there is no one way to get around it. What you got to do is, yeah, all that stuff is online. If you want to trade in foreign currencies, there's Forex, there's various exchanges. A lot of people, the people trade or they play the stock market. That hasn't worked so well. That used to 
you can still do that kind of stuff, but yeah, you're you're not gonna if you're not gonna if you're not gonna if you're no unless you want anything beyond a checking account or a CD. No, you're you're not gonna want to deal with them. You'd want to do it online somewhere. And don't but forget course, bulk food and weapons and ammunition. Uh, really, all those things. Obviously, oh, yeah, no. the guardian knows about it, weapons and ammunition because it's going through the biggest boom in. Yeah, I, I don't know if you guys realize that over there, but uh, yeah, there's been they're on a tremendous buying spree for at least probably most of the last year as they recognize like Obama's going to come in and they're probably going to try to shut more of this down. They're trying to reinstall the weapons ban that they had under Clinton that was a Clinton that was a Clinton. I think it was built in that it expired and amazingly enough, amazingly enough, amazingly enough, they enough, they course, you know, it's all a joke. The cover story is, oh, this is going to prevent. Mexico is basically breaking down right now and there's all kinds of gang warfare there and they're incredibly well equipped. So, so equipped. So the pretext for banning of, of, of possession is that, oh, this is going to, this is going to uh, work against the Mexican gang wars that are now bleeding over into our, our southwestern territories in Texas, Arizona, New Mexico. But, but the idea of it is they want to prevent whites from being able to defend themselves, whether with words via the First Amendment or with bullets via the Second Amendment. Mm-hmm. Everything that is done is done with an eye towards leaving whites open to colored predation. There's colored predation. Right. It's a full-scale war. It's a psyops war. It's a physical war and it's an they, economic war. Yeah, well put. They, they want your money and your daughter's legs open to their people and their penises and their sperm. You exist to serve them. You are on the buffet. You're on the smorgasbord for them to eat, white man. And it really is that crude, blunt, vicious, and and literal. There's nothing complex about this. We are being dispossessed as possessed. And the way that they do that is persuade us that we don't exist as a race. And none of your fucking letter writing, your your whatever, that's why I don't write. It's irrelevant. Once you understand this, I mean, you can either fight it physically or there really isn't that much to say. It's, It's pretty clear once you understand what's going on. They're not gonna, you're not, you're not gonna build like oh, you're gonna build an alternative media. Yeah, sure you are. Yeah, that that's not what's going to save us. Going to be fighting back and destroying them. That's the only thing that will save us. The thing that works with Jews is shooting them in the head and throwing them in a canal. That's how you argue with the Jew because the Jew won't won't allow you into his media to make your case against his case because they don't have a case. Their case is you owe us. You are guilty. You must serve us. You must be our slaves. You must allow yourself to be browbeaten for all eternity. You must swap out your genes with the niggers until you don't exist as a race. That's our plan for you, and we're not going to allow you to confront us and to argue against us, because obviously people would side with us if they heard they heard the arguments. They aren't allowed to know any of this to the extent the Jews can hide it from. So it's Let a direct again. physical fight. Well, what else is there to do? What else is there to do? But, you know, what's going to happen is we'll keep pretending and pretending and keep getting worse and worse. Now they're saying that white children are already a minority in elementary schools in Texas, and whites are now projected to be the minority by 2042, so they've moved up the date from like 2050 to 20. And, you know, I, I still see, I was making fun of it earlier. Their their whole thing is a lot of these Republicans, oh, now we're post-racial. Now race, now we've removed, you know, racism as an excuse for black. Look, there's there's to North America. The blacks will still be blaming us for racism after we've entirely disappeared. After the last white guy dies, they'll be blaming us for racism. Right. In, in uh, Zimbabwe, there's 400 white farmers left and they're still the problem. And there's still the pressure on them. They not only get all the blame, you know, that they're the monkey monkey move their their president white trained raised by the catholic church he learned his, his schoolwork in western institutions he, he graduated with apparently valid degrees he wants to dispossess kill all whites drive them out even though his people are starving and their his government is printing trillion dollar notes they're still blaming whites you guys let me ask you both something what would happen do you think if uh, of a sudden after all this melee of whites and the, the failure of media and such if in pretty rapid sequence as happened with the archduke if uh, Jane Harmon and Henry Waxman and Rahm Emanuel, for example, or maybe 
uh, Philip Schwegel, the Assistant Secretary of Treasury, or maybe uh, so many. Let's just say those three, Rahm Emanuel, Henry Waxman, and, and Jane uh, Harmon, the uh, killers of the First Amendment, those last two, were, were suddenly taken out within about a three or five or seven day sequence, literally assassinated or murdered. What, what might happen? What would be the national reaction? Would it inspire others to take the same actions or increase that, depending on how severe the economic crisis in the United States was, or the, the literal breakdown, breakup of the United States? I mean, I, those, I, these I, things might well happen. They're totally within the realm of possibility given the current climate, when, when Soros talks about the breakup of the U.S., uh, it's not all going to be peachy. Well, what they would do is they they would use that as a pretext. Rahm Emanuel has said, use, make sure you get full value out of every crisis. They would use it to crack down on free speech. They would use it to crack down on weapons. They would they would go after, browbeat in prison uh, pretty much anybody they could. I mean, most of, the, most of the leaders of this stuff are already in jail now in various bogus pretexts, so they would do more of that. That's why, you know, advocating anything like like that is is uh would would come back against us. Well, I'm not advocating. I'm saying hypothetically. But Aegis has made the point to me a number of times in in conversations we've had that they take the actions and then they find the pretext afterwards. In other words, whatever form an out and out rebellion against uh, troposphere and, and the uh, the destruction of the United States as they have uh, waged against us takes whatever form our our battle takes violently. Yeah, but, but whether we murder them or complain about them, they're going to press on with the same agenda. Agenda, and whatever right. we do will we'll just be another factor figuring into how they can better use it against us. Right. Uh, 9-11 that, uh, equated into attacking Afghanistan. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah, and then the thing is, what they're doing works with most people because they never hear anything different, and most people are not really thoughtful or careful in their thinking. And they, yeah, they but really people are ruined and ruined and ruined and ruined, <laughs> they're going to think different. Some of them, uh, definitely there is a, a pressure in that direction. People have less, to, as people have less to lose, they're going to be open to a broader range of explanations for what the problems are. Sure. There's no doubt about that, about that at all. And I mean, they, as we've talked about today, I mean, my God, this, the country is probably at, at the worst point I think I've ever seen in terms of economically and what have you. Yeah. Um, Culturally, just, economically. Uh, a lot of this, is it, it, it's not whether you're Jew or white. I mean, there, there are certain objective realities. And if you're you're doing deficit spending, you're, you're creating these huge deficits in the name of you know restoring the economy. and infl- It just doesn't work. There are economic laws just the way there are biological laws. And you, you can't simply print money and, and cure a depression. Japan, the, the U.S. tried that in the 30s and it didn't work. But of course, they lie about that. They lie and say it did work, but it didn't work. It Deficit spending makes it worse. What you have to do, it, it's just like an iron law of morality. Look, if you get overextended or there's, first of all, the Fed's created the problem in the first place by printing money. So you don't have a stable, you don't have a stable money because it's not tied to something like gold. So the Fed's print money so that they can have their guns and their butter as economy love to say. And then when, when they inflate shit long enough, you get uh, the, the boom and whatever and boom and whatever and malinvestment because people think, oh, it's a new economy. It's not ever going to go bust again. I'm not going to put all my money in the stock market. It can't go down. I'm going to put all my money in housing and then a housing and then a house. I'm going to flip it in six months and make money. Well, these, these are speculative bubbles created because the Jews who run the government are simply running the printing presses and putting new money out there in order to sustain an economic boom. So nobody wants to take the medicine and be careful. No one wants to do the moral thing because it isn't fun. Work hard and trying to inflate us by pumping more and more and more and more billions in until the, the money isn't worth anything. Yeah, see, that's, that's the thing, Alex. You're projecting Aryan values
values, uh, Aryan economics, onto a Jewish system. But see, they're at the controls. So they're driving this mofo right off well, the cliff. Yeah, it, it's like every other area in American life is you, you can't even discuss the truth. It's not discussable. So you, 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 you don't have any reality feedback correction loop. So you, your, your misperceptions become, you know, internalized beliefs and false beliefs that are not, you know, you know if you, if you, you, you know, you see a mirage on the road and you think, you think you see some water in the desert, but when you get there, you realize it was an illusion. Illusion is internalized and assimilated. It becomes a false belief that prevents you from making out reality, prevents you from using your perception and your senses properly. And since well, you have- can't ever have the true explanation for any of our problems in the mass media, and you have that situation in place for decades, you get to where basically, it, you, you might as well look at the U.S. and the Western world as being run by an evil, vicious cult. Yeah. Because you can't ever hear any reality like we're giving you here today, any facts, any facts, action, or any explanation of what's going on. So you, 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 well, that can't be right. It's racist. You come to think of these wacky, cultish, crazy terms. You can't print money and, and, and spend your way out of a recession. The, they the, don't the, even the, believe in causation. They have tens of millions of people don't even believe in the causation, logical thought, and a lot of them can't even use complex and compound sentences. No, it's, 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 really it's been, this is where we are after decades of public, decades of public, decades of yeah. the proper way to, to learn to read, learn to read is de-emphasize. And they started bringing in bogus ways of teaching reading. And this dumbed down people to where they're, they're basically, most people are more or less illiterate today. And they they could read, they, they wouldn't read. They're, they they just watch TV. And so... And if they could read, yeah, they'd, they'd be it, reading the San Francisco Chronicle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, they're... they're it, it, it's, Rocky Mountain High. <laughs> stuff but not is, for long, stuff, thank God. It's fed on itself for so many decades that it's it's like an impacted tooth. It's just, it's, it's just rotten and it's been rotten for so damn long that there's eventually there's nothing to do but break it down. I mean, if you wanted to solve our economic problems, get rid of government, to, to cut spending, to get rid rid of these departments, but no, the solution, the only solution you'll ever hear in the media because it's celebrated, because it's celebrated, because it's celebrated that do exist is more government. Get the government involved in more things and then the things that's already in, get it even more involved. Have it take over healthcare. Have it start new foreign wars. Have I want to build thousand dollar cars like India. We need thousand dollar cars. Tell GM to switch. Build those no, what we, well, that's what I mean. It's their solution is more tyranny. Well, it's just, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's, the, it's like that more cowbell sketch. You know, no, no matter what the problem is, the solution is more cowbell, more fucking government. The same people who already fail at every, everything they put on their plate. No. I want to see Solinsky on DVD. Where are the Solinsky DVD training series? Look, look <laughs> let, let the government, let the private insurers and banks who have screwed up, let them screw up business. Let GM go out of business. You can still build cars and make money. I mean, the, the German ones and the Asian ones and the Asian ones and the Asian ones. Deficit spending doesn't work. It's not a racial thing. It's an economic law. They've tried it in Japan for 20 years. It doesn't work. You, you have you, you have economy recover. All the government can really do is keep the money stable, and, and they don't even have to do that. If they simply allowed private money to be printed and compete with their own, they would be driven out of business. And so, if they even allowed that, money would be it would be hard, and and hard means reliable, and then businesses can invest properly. But when they fuck it up by printing billions of dollars and injecting that into the economy, they lead people to do crazy stuff because the consequences appear to be decoupled from you know what usually produces the result. Hard work and saving, saving, saving. You save up your money, and through your proven providence, you have funds that you can then invest in new ventures. And if some of the ventures fail, as they always do, they all, well, then you recover from that. But you learn, and and there's there's checks to the system. But now there's no checks. You just do whatever you want, and you know the government will bail you out. They've just killed the culture in which 
much the right type of thinking and people can get ahead. Yes, and they're exactly, fired. exactly right. Yeah. It's like uh, if you have political connections, you get some of this wacky money where, you know, uh, your company has to be, you know, 50% nog or woman. Uh, you know, it's, the only thing it can't be is 100% white because that would be discriminating. And, yes. and, you know, there's even another aspect of that. Like they're going to now move into healthcare, and And from what I've read, what, they, what Hillary wanted in her original plan is they're very anti-specialist. They want to put caps on how much doctors can earn. They want to make... The point is, when you when you give this power to government, the government is going to reward its friends and supporters, and it's going to punish everyone on the outside. And what people like Hillary Clinton and Barack want to do is they want to have all even more affirmative action for who gets into medical school. I believe there are actually like less going to medical school today than there were like 20 years ago. And now they're starting to whine about uh, that there aren't enough general practitioners, there aren't enough specialists, because they can't make any damn money. They, they basically, they're only letting Asians, minorities, and women to become doctors. Not one of their problems, but what... what Send her in the federal program to be a physician's aide. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I wish I had that stuff at hand, the, the data I've seen on some of these medical schools, but yeah, they're, they're, they have all kinds of affirmative action, and that's why, that's why they have a lot of the problems, and then they've got to play this gigantic insurance yeah, it's just so like uh, flying 747s. The white go, man the, was holding them the, back. The two-year community college course in South Africa. Alex, yeah. we, we have this they have this fat Jewess up on, on Pod Blanc, right? So I look at her video, and here's what she says. <laughs> I teach a history, and I, I, I have a master's degree. I teach at Rock, <laughs> Rockland College, I think, in New York. And I'm working on my PhD. She's 23 years old. So she says she knows all about the destruction in AD 70, Hitler. She she goes down all the Jewish, uh, you know, talking points. Then she says, then there's uh, Rome, and it was founded by uh, Remus, and the other one, I think Tiberius? Tiberius, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Open heart oh, surgery. PhD brain, candidate. PhD. Brain surgery. Yeah. yeah. And, and I'm all thinking, in there. Who did she displace to get this goddamn job? You know? Oh, you know, that's, Eminently that's the, qualified. Thing. Yeah. The beautiful thing about the liberal arts is that bullshit flies, you know, where it doesn't know, where it doesn't hear and stuff, or it's much harder to get it to fly. And so they can, uh, as long as they're good little apparatus chicks and they repeat the party line you know it doesn't matter they don't have to be brilliant or learned or erudite holly gets a cracker yeah, yeah i saw that in, very definitely well, well closing statements goodbye america well it's just you know has it finally kicked the bucket is that no it hasn't kicked the bucket there's it's just being in a very predictable i mean it, it you can see it degrading day by day and you can see why it's happening and you can also see that there's not a goddamn thing that can be done about it unless a power can be raised equal to the uh the gangsters controlling the government it will continue to decline and degrade in, in very, very predictable, chartable, mappable ways for the reasons we've discussed here. Marijuana Arcan. Marijuana Arcan. That's what we need. Some ex-military guy to come out and shoot. Don't take anything it says at face value. Don't If it advises you to do something, the opposite is probably the wiser course. <laughs> Protect America, the nigger communist <laughs> Jura nation, as best you can. And try to find other people who think the same way and uh, def- uh, self-defense alliances. Hey, we we racialists don't have any power. It's not us who are ruining the nation. It's the fucking Jew, commie, queer pedophiles who are ruining it. But, but we're pretty bad to talk about it. They'll be sure yeah, to we're... throw us in jail for pointing that out. <laughs> it's it's not it's 
it's not white racists who are running the printing presses. It's Jewish racists, you know? Not white racists who are starting wars abroad, sending people off to die and wasting trillions of dollars. It's Jewish racists who are doing that. Moo, moo, white racists that pointed out what's what's going wrong and what, what's the wrong thing to do. We pointed out every step of the way. They haven't listened to us. They've defamed us and smeared our character. But we have been right every single step of the way. If you've listened to all these goy fires over the last past few years, past, America's falling apart, and it's because of the uh, because of the Jews, as we've said from day one. It's not our fault. We our fault. We have ability for it. Our job is to defend our own and our own people against the Jews. It's worldwide, too. It's not just in the call, you guys. Please remember. Remember, yeah, exactly. we don't have to censor the Jews to make our case. They have to censor us. They have to throw our people in jail because we're telling you the truth. They're uh, a real despicable people, and they are very real and in very high positions everywhere you look. Yeah, not just in the Quad, but in the uh, European Union. And uh, it's getting worse day by day. So, you know, do what you got to do. Yeah. My uh, closing statement, Chain, any? Lock and load. Yeah, diversify your investments. Acquire the physical means to defend yourself and your family. Keep your eyes open. Stay very alert. Stay out of debt. And persevere and realize you're in this for the long haul. And don't give up. Stay calm. Increase your skills. Increase your capabilities. Talk to other people. The truths that we're voicing will be around long and around, long and on. Stick to them. Don't believe the Jewish hype. Don't believe the Jewish lies. We are the good guys. Yeah, please, one other thing, you guys. I I hope Alex can expand on it. Our people talk real straightforwardly okay we just call a spade a spade and real simple things most of us are not super well educated uh and even if we are it's in some specialty you know people have high science degrees but maybe they don't know much about verbalistic skills or history but in any case that's our tack that's our way to speak really directly it's historically been our way it's the way most of our parents spoke with us particularly our fathers and that is not jewish culture their ideas this hasbara and uh, tikkanolan all is a big front for control and to create myths, which others more simpletons believe in. Yeah, and yeah. to go about things in a roundabout, devious, obfuscating, uh, trickery, kikery way. Just like that that Jew who came out and talked about the white man, the white van. What was his name during, during the uh, uh, Malvo Muhammad shootings? The white man, the white van. And Do they ever apologize for these things? No, they never do. And uh, it's just wrong. They go about things and, and they, they do it by deviousness, misrepresentation. Yeah, Faint. Yeah, so. Jews see words primarily as a way to deceive, whereas whites see them as a way to communicate. And that goes back to spiritual, biological differences between our, our race. And we make our case with logic, and we encourage you to fact-check what we're saying, whereas the Jews simply lie. And anybody who doesn't go along with their lie, able to effectively refute and rebut them, why they throw that man in jail after describing him for years as a hater and an extremist. Right. These are the differences. Their words are their counterfeit currency. Mm. Yeah. And, and since they control the mass media, every single issue that they raise in their paper, you can well believe that before they ever put it in their paper, they have come up with terms for the good guys and the bad guys on the two sides of the issue. And they will always make those who oppose them morally evil, if not medically, and smear their opposition. They never present anything honestly or allow a genuine debate because they don't have to. And that's why they get into the media in the first place, because the media has that unique political uh, aspect to it, whereas you know, something like making furniture does 
not. It doesn't confer any political, any political, any political for profits, but the media confer profits and the chance to carry out anything you see from the Jewish media. They are lying to you to serve their own interests. Whether they have come to you in the pose of a left-wing communist or a right-wing conservative, they are ultimately Jews serving a Jewish agenda, and that means what's good for Jews is all that matters, even though what's good for Jews is bad for normal white people like you listening to this. That's what you have to understand, and that is what Rush Limbaugh and Bill O'Reilly will never tell you, because they are sellout trader goyish, goys who, Shabbos goys who carry water for their Jewish bosses. That's what you have to understand. Oh, <laughs> 